AJ Hoffman, not at work. We thought it was, we heard stories. In fact, read, Scott, read the text from yesterday. Talk about histrionics. Now, Fez infected everyone. We call him Typhoid Mary at this point. I've been down for nine days. He's been like out two weeks and still crying about it. But AJ, he felt left out. Says, this is the text we got yesterday. Quote, Welp literally pulled over on the freeway to puke on the way home. I'm going to say I'm plus 500 to make it in tomorrow. And then did he say something about, I think a friend of mine is going to buy cigarettes for us? (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I believed him. I did. What? Now, I'm not like Steve a litigator, but this is one of the most well-written yeah. Yeah. texts. Like, it's not like, like he's wiping puke from his mouth. Right, whereas like the text I sent RJ is, I'm fucking sick. But that, I but, hope I'm going to— It I, sounds I, like I'll, you thought I'll, that through. I'll get, back to, I'll get back to you in five hours if I'm still alive. Like with four, yeah. four mis, from microphone, four misspelled It seems like he maybe word. had a yeah. PR agent write this that. This looks like it's been drafted— Edited and gone through a couple rewrites, right? The, this is this is beautiful. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups: the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. No justice, no peace. I, I will say this: if you don't show up, you, you don't get any support. You don't get any when re- representing you. There's no pro bono work here unless McKenzie wants to get in the middle of this. Here's the thing. I believed him. Maybe I'm naive. Some would call me naive. A cockeyed optimist. (laughs) Oh, Seinfeld for you there. Is then we heard his pick. He sounded like he was ready to run a marathon. (laughs) It's like his voice had the perfect timber. It's like he hadn't coughed in weeks. Just puked. I yeah. think he might have went and had a. I think he flew to Germany and had the red blood cell platelets done because he sounds as good as I've ever heard him what, sound. The, I, I've got a picture coming on Twitter from a guy. I just saw AJ Hoffman, renowned handicapper at the Rhino, <laughs> <laughs> making new friends. No, no, he's at the, he's at the hippo. He's <laughs> the hippo. The purple hippo, right? <laughs> yeah, something I, like that. Fast says, I've, I've heard there's something <laughs> yeah. like that out there. All right, all I'm going to say is this. You're thinking RJ's making it fun, as he usually does. You are fun, RJ. Yeah, okay. You listen when he does his, because I, I did not say a word about this. Mm-hmm. Did, did I even say off air, I bet AJ's sick? Nothing. Or not sick? Nothing. No. no. And then what happened as soon as I heard it? You heard AJ's pre-recorded But he didn't record bet. it last week. No, he recorded it tonight. He, he was in a state where he was unable to make it to the pod. Correct. And he sounded Incapacitated. like... And he sounded like JFK the night he debated Nixon. He, he sounded better than Obama. I mean, Quite I, the orator. I mean, it, he was enunciating his words. He didn't even mispronounce anyone's name, which is like 50% of the time. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Are you covering this on SOVAM? Yeah, we will detail this. I'm going to get an exclusive interview. With one you, AJ Hoffman. You may, or you may not. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I do think that's something, and then we'll move on. I do think that's something you got to consider. If he can't get on air with you, he's high. You know how it is when you used to come home drunk, I'm sure, right? You drank before. Sure. Yeah. 
you never wanted to have a conversation with your parents. No. No matter what they said, you were like your eyes were averted. Mm-hmm. You were turning the way towards your door. No matter what. They can't, hey, we got your car. It's like, see you tomorrow. Yeah. If he acts like that, I mean, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but guilty. And now the question is, how many, do we dock him like 10K? Just boom, for lying. Not because you missed it, because you're lying. I don't know. <sighs> I'm going to let you decide that, okay. actually. Okay. If, if he should get docked. I will. Mackenzie will decide how much. Mackenzie, you get all of it. Oh, okay. Now, that would be interesting. That changes the calculus. No, but see, that would be interesting. What would you do? Let's say we knew he was lying. All right, we proved it. He admitted mm-hmm. it. I broke down. I, my record was so good, I couldn't stand the pressure. And then I gave Faz this last point here. If we gave Mackenzie the right to fine AJ up to $10,000 for, for, let's say, hypothetically lying, and he got to keep the money, Every penny, how much would he fine him? Oh, Mackenzie gets to keep the money. Yes, but he has to work hereafter with AJ, the professional MMA Mackenzie, fighter. Uh, Mackenzie doesn't care about money, and he's easily he cares about and money. He's easily intimidated by those who can beat him up. Well, that sounds like smart thinking. Yeah. Somehow, I'm not smart like that. I want to disclose, I'm afraid of AJ. Well, yeah. I mean, you weren't afraid of Bernie Fratto, and you should you should have been. Well, yeah. <laughs> You ever hear that story? No. Bernie still wants to box me. Every every year I become I, Fez, Fez, less of an Bernie, underdog. Bernie was fighting like at sixty two, like mm-hmm. like real fights. Mm-hmm. He had a neck like a like a um. What would you call it? With, with the uh, people who put a fireman put the hose in, like a fire hydrant. Yeah. He had a neck like a fire hydrant. And we were talking about it like three years ago. AJ goes or um. Fez goes, I can take Bernie, like off air. I go, you're freaking nuts. He goes, no, no, I can take him. Like a week later, Bernie comes walking in. I don't know if he just came from the gym. He had a towel around his neck. He was like walking like he was the first primate that ever stood up. Where He was hunched over. He wanted to throw down right down and there. But he didn't even hear about what you said. Mm. His arms were like touching his feet. And he just came walking in, and I just looked. I go, you, I, I didn't even make contact. I go, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> right or wrong? Spot on. It, 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 to use a line from like Rocky, like Rocky Two, Apollo Creed. I felt like like Apollo Creed's trainers. Like we don't need that kind of trouble, brother. Yeah. We can find easier pastures. The All man's right. gonna keep coming. <laughs> All right, we got a great offer. We're gonna do it in 38 seconds. 50 gets you $100, bulk dollars. Now, I don't do the math in my head typically, but that's double. Typically, bulk dollars are a great deal. You spend a little, you put a little commitment up. So two best bets, right? Two packages, let's say. You get four packages for two. Never expire. Never. You mean even like two years from now? Never. Like, for example, your Super Bowl prop package swept the nation. I mean, it really did. It's like you're like 70% over like eight years. Yes. You could just buy this, hold back enough money, and get that at this half price effectively. Yes. I agree. 50 gets you 100. What coupon code do you need? You don't need one. Just go to pregame.com. It's only this weekend, though. This only We only do this deal like a couple times a year. Load up. You can get five of them if you want. But get one if you buy picks. If you don't, 
Well, listen to more free stuff. Is this, is this unlimited? They can get 20 of them? Yeah. So if they're going to buy my annual package next football season and they want to get 50% off, all they got to do is buy, buy six of these and they're done. Last week we had like a shocking number of people come in for the annual. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And they love that. Uh, uh, Liebier. The Liebier, yeah. Oh. So I, I, I appreciate our audience. Listen, we never want you to buy something you don't want. Like never. If you don't want, even if you feel like you owe us something, which you probably do. If you do, tell a friend, tell someone, tweet it out, you know? That's the way to thank us. But if you see the value with Fez, with AJ, who's red hot, though he's in absentia, Scott, et cetera, Mackenzie, Dave Co- or <laughs> Dave Esler, <laughs> formerly Dave Kogan, nice guy. He knows baseball, Dave Kogan. Um, let's think about this a second. Good fella. Just go down the list. We got that soccer guy. How'd he finish things? He had a good season. He had yeah. a real good season. That sounds like he didn't do well in the World Cup. Didn't have a good final. See? Didn't win the final. But the final itself, but how about the whole World Cup? Oh, he had a great World Cup. Well, who cares? Then why wouldn't you make that the point? Who cares about one game? 40 games above 500 this season in European soccer. Griffin Warner, check him out. It's pretty good. Play that music. That's pretty good. <laughs> dun, dun. Why? <laughs> You just like it. Just like it. Yeah. All right, boys. 50 gets you, or gals, 50 gets you 100. Enjoy. The pod's pretty darn good. Fez and I had a little extemporaneous exchange. Might have been the best part of the pod. Scott had trouble talking at certain points. Are you going to do something about that? Now that we got you on, I can quiz you on it in a minute. Like, you are one of the most loquacious. You have one of the best deliveries. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, that's, again, I was impressed and am impressed. You can do solo shows. You used to do three hours a night, NBC overnight. You did what, four? Yeah. When you do a handicap, you sound like it's the first time you've ever been in front of a mic. What's that about? Just trying to hammer points home. What do you think, Fed? It doesn't sound like as good as he is, does it? It's because he's concerned that he's going to be micro micromanaged on every one of his points and so he's thinking to himself oh is rj gonna like this point or well, maybe rj is not gonna like this point but, but maybe i shouldn't i pres- should present it do you differently feel, do you feel micromanaged or is this a socratic i mean what is the biggest compliment we get <coughs> that you question yeah they you don't give us the golf clap because yeah. people hate the fucking golf club like like all these other shows guys like well, oh i think i th- i think northwestern can 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 beat gonzaga in this basketball game well that's a great point excellent could, excellent could be. point could be. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and people like the number one thing thank god rj's there to like tell fezzik when he's full of it well, on no, certain or points. maybe uh, here's yes. the thing sometimes you're wrong sometimes i'm yes. wrong but most of the time if i disagree with you there's both there's at least two sides to it to me that discussion is the point yes right and i love that and i mean sometimes it gets heated like i i think the most heat i ever got with you was the Steeler stuff when you had him like 31st i go are you freaking Fucking out of your goddamn blood. i couldn't believe it and it looked like you were right for a while but you weren't but I've got, but, but I will say I've got, I've gotten better with sometimes like I'll, I'll start out and you don't, you don't let me finish because you like, you think you of what I'm going to say. And I do the same with you, huh? but you think I'm going to say something. I'm like, I'm like, RJ, okay. let me finish. I've, right? I've been good. I, but I, you notice I only do that when I've really got a solid point ready to go. Or, I don't do that when you're obvious, right. When it's not obvious. When you're right, I just let you do it. But, but every now and then I'm like, well, let me finish. Yes. So I like that. I, Scott, I hope you appreciate when I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. 
we don't we don't have like the junior tees, right? If you because someone might say, hey, that guy's with the RJ, he's with Fez, he got to know his stuff. You do. And if I was not your strongest, I mean, college football, you would be the same with me in some way. Certainly with the players or the formation. You want to talk hockey? Let's do it for hours. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I did let you talk hockey on SOV on Fox. <laughs> I let him go about ninety seconds without saying anything. Then I said. So you speak of a puck. What exactly do you mean by this? So it's like you got to get down on the canes here, and I'm like, 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 it's supposed to be hockey. <laughs> what do you mean, Miami Hurricane? Fifty gets you hundred. Here comes the show. I think Scott does. I think you're inside. Listen, your best bets are good. Nine and six, right? Mm-hmm. But you disagree with Faz with your four and five led off the show with the yeah. disagreement. Don't miss Crossfire. it. Crossfire. Talk to you soon. Executive producer Dick Wolf. Someone is red hot, red hot, but he's got a red sore throat. <laughs> AJ out. Boy, the 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 uh, illness has been rampaging through, rampaging through Vegas. Let's let's talk about Fez a little bit. He's here to my right. Scott Seidenberg to my left. I'm RJ Bell. <sighs> let's do a little deductive reasoning, Scott. Mm-hmm. Fez. Calls off last Monday, I think it was, right? And says, I'm sick, I'm so sick, I'm so sick, 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 sick. We're like, whoo, he's sick. I thought back eight years, he's probably missed maybe 12, 14 weeks. It's like really a good number, right? I'm thinking, hey, he's sick. He'll be back Wednesday. Come Wednesday, I got a sore throat. Like I couldn't, I, I mean, there was one night I couldn't, like I couldn't swallow it. Every time I swallowed, I grimaced. I went, you know, like did a little shake. Strep the caucus. I think <laughs> uh, now I figure Fad's got to be ready by now. He's been sick. He's because when did you get sick? Friday, you said, right? I got sick on Saturday night. Okay. And specifically, like I took a nap. I did. Um, and I woke up at 9.01 p.m. All right. Okay. Which is one minute after the deadline for the to put in your picks on the app on the Westgate app. Okay. I didn't want to bother Mackenzie, so I just I just hopped in my car and put in my plays. What do you mean bother? He's down there anyway. I know, I know. So I so I drove down there and then I'm driving home. I really started to feel like crap. So Saturday night. So did you give him Eight, a big nine hug days ago. so he gets sick? <laughs> yeah, I, that's I did how, not that's how see the rest him. of the office got sick. <laughs> All right. So Saturday night he gets sick. Monday he's still sick. Now, what's the odds on Wednesday he's still going to be sick? It's it's small. AJ goes, Fez can't make it. I go, what? He goes, he went to the doctor. I go, okay, let's see the note. But anyway, we figured he was sick. Okay. I was sick at this point, bad. But I said, I, I, hey, listen, I got to do it. I came in, and I think AJ now has a feeling of the Herculean effort it took with his illness. Yes. Because uh, it's been it's spread around the entire organization here. Uh, AJ is the last one to get hit. Here's the question. Or the I next told one. Fez jokingly by text, at least we know who's to blame. Yes. Because he's first, like three days ahead. And he comes back and goes, I don't believe that to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's no. doing contact tracing yeah, and everything. Yeah, I mean, yes. What's your rationale, Fez? <laughs> Everyone gets sick for the first time like in two years. <laughs> And you are down for 10 days. Well, the last, because you guys saw me on Wednesday, yeah. and then I didn't have any symptoms until Saturday night. That's how it goes, they say. Is Usually by the time you start showing symptoms, you're pretty much not even contagious anymore. There's some weird thing yeah. where you had it a couple days before you didn't know it. I it's think certain- Monday was the day that you infected everyone. 
the Monday prior to when you started getting sick? Would be the Wednesday, the Wednesday, or maybe whatever, both. Whatever I see it. It doesn't seem viable that I could be contagious on Wednesday and not have symptoms till Saturday night, but it's certainly possible. I actually, it's I possible. mean, for someone, yes. I mean, you were an honorary COVID researcher, weren't you? Yes. So you, you don't know about but incubation been, period? Well, I've been te- I've been testing for COVID, and I'm like, <laughs> but no, I we, if you don't have any symptoms on, it wouldn't be COVID. You wouldn't be able to spread. This COVID. was worse than COVID. This, or was it that I for me for me because I've been testing and i'm negative on covid but so what i'm, I'm saying you get t- like, could, was this like that rsv thing that's going around now is that what is that have? really bad that's what that's yeah, like yes, is that it, respiratory like yeah so we're coughing stuff up yeah from the that's lungs what I, it's not clear that's yeah. what i had you oh. probably had this rsv thing yeah oh my god it was horrible because i don't have phlegm typically that's that i'm typhoid mary <laughs> or or just going around and everybody's uh-huh. catching it all right but but at one point i looked i mean i i went oh my god it was it looked like an alien from outer space was going to emerge from it. Now, now I know AJ's not here because he is down for the count. He he was bad last he, night. He's got weak immunity. Yeah, yeah. I, but I would say for me, I, I mean, I, I'm feeling it too. Except the difference is, well, I mean, I got a strong immune system, but I've been I've been medicating since last Thursday as a preemptive measure. And is it true? <laughs> is it true? Steroids actually makes you have better immunity. Who, who knows? It's got it. Well, steroids you, are good you, for this. Either that or all, yeah, the, you either that or all the extra testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> so do you shoot it in your butt or how do you do it with the no, testosterone? Or okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now we got that over with. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to the action. Now, luckily we got AJ who the guy's red hot. I mean, I think he was scared of how hot he is and his five stars, 11 and four and his four stars, 11 and four. Amazingly, in his three st- or in his three stars, ten and four. I don't know how that happens. There's no push yet, <laughs> but okay, fair enough. And then he's you know seven and six and nine and five, so he's forty eight and twenty three. Faz. Now, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, he had some good numbers. You were skeptical. I'm always skeptical because it's so hard to Short-term win. Short-term sample. Exactly. So you said I'm going to put the over under for the rest of the tournament or the rest of the year. Regular season, I'm going to put it at 50.1%, you said. 52.6. But you made it where it was effectively 50.1%. Well, I didn't, but I didn't think it that far. <laughs> oh, so yeah. 15, never sample t- size of 15, yes. So I, I, I got a feeling well, that, what, what has he got in the last two weeks, like 7-3 and three or 8-2? and two? No, no, he's, he's, he's been perfect, right? Yeah, 6-0. 6-0. Because the bet's only on the first three. The, oh, on, on the first oh, three. Oh, oh, okay. So the 5, 4, and 3... Uh, is what do. we did the bet on. Oh well, then I'm 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 dead man. <laughs> and he and, needs two wins. Oh, he was strutting around. I, oh, that's what he said. He already had it calculated. Okay, but I got to tell you, thank God I did an action point. When, when, when he put up that number, we looked over. We all looked over at AJ, <laughs> and he kind of crouched a little lower in his seat. He goes, I. I I got enough pressure on me like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Scott goes, Spot on impression. I'll bet him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, you know what? I'll bet him. Boom, button goes flying. So the beauty is, he's not getting a dollar. I'm not taking him <laughs> to lunch because he was too scared to back himself. But I, I, I tell you this, for the, I'm going to make an official announcement. For the first time ever, I'm going to consider AJ's NFL picks 
for this weekend's card. I think you damn well should. He's I, hitting sixty fucking seven percent. You're the one that ju- you're the one that just bet six hundred dollars that he wasn't going to be over fifty. Exactly. So now, See? so don't See? act like we're so late to the party, buddy. We were back. This him is that. almost like a, 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 an underdog's pulling a big upset. It's like it's like um, who beat Iowa today? Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois is a 31 and a half point dog, and they're like, they get up by seven and a half time. Who cares? They're going to lose. They're a 31 and a half point dog. But then when there's five minutes to go and they're still up eight, you know what? Maybe they're actually good tonight. And it might, it's usually going to be when, this is probably going to be the kiss of death. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this I did back them with money. So I'm good just thinking you didn't back Iowa because if you risked a hundred dollars to win a dollar, you're out a hundred tonight on Iowa. Thirty-one. I tell you, this goes. Here's one of my bowl, probably my only bowl. Look at that final. Yeah, really. <laughs> How's that happen? That's not Blowouts. right. Is this college basketball? Eastern Illinois wins by doubles as a 31 and a half point. Is this dog. college basketball? Yes. Oh, I thought it was bowls. I was like college no. bowl. All right, here's my college bowl prediction though. All right, mm-hmm. and this is the best thing I can tell you about the bowls. You can use this if you want, Scott, with attribution. I know Fez was talking about the two points and then give attribution in both directions. How did, is that how it starts? You give attribution when I'm here and not when I'm not? See, that's one of RJ's favorite handicapping tools. You <laughs> add and subtract two from the spread, and if one of them makes sense and the other doesn't, that points you towards the right side. And listen closely later in the show when RJ's conspicuously quiet. They recorded a few uh, games without me. Fez talks about that without saying it's the famous uh, <laughs> or the group of two, you called it or something, or the, the, the rule, rule of two. Of, the rule of two. It's like the poker you rule of two and a, four. You think it, let me see. You know gonna, what the poker rule is? I'm going to invent Seinfeld, but then say it's now called... Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> no, no. It's going to be called Dumb or uh, Doobiefeld. It doesn't change the idea, dude, because you renamed it. There you go. You know the poker rule two and four, of course, right? I don't think I do. What is it? Oh, it's it, 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 it's it's awesome. Fours beat two twos. <laughs> if, if you, you you calculate your outs, okay? Okay, okay. All right. So on a flush draft, you got nine outs, and mm-hmm. you're going to the river. Mm-hmm. You multiply your outs times two, so you got a nine times two. You got an eighteen mm-hmm. percent chance to make the flush. If you got the 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 turn and the river coming, then you multiply by four, so you give thirty six percent chance to make the flush. Not exactly correct, yeah, but yeah. Because close once enough. you hit the first card, I mean, I would just do the exact calculation. In my right, head. but the multiply by two and four, the rules. <laughs> it's a nice tool that people use in poker players who pretend to be MIT Yale guys, but they're not. Did you did you ever bring are you talking about McKenzie? I just threw out Because you just beat him in poker. I just threw out two. Boy, years. that that sounds that we you weren't around for this one. And then we'll get to the games. Fez was really after McKenzie for a long time. It was like he wanted to like make him quit or it was like fight club in a weird mm. way. Would you agree with that? No. <laughs> he says as his lip curls up Mackenzie, was he tough on you? No, Fez has always been great. Hmm. Are you broadcasting from the moon? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's at the moon. By the way, the, the famous pregame poker challenge is available on YouTube, so check oh, it out. Oh, okay. Here, so here's what happened, though, real quick. He he was so confident Mackenzie was like a, a fugazi. He wasn't really smart. <laughs> and, and I negotiated the deal. They were going to bet. It was a master for, I mean, like halfway through, Fez is going, 
I don't know how I can win this thing. He goes, RJ, how do you remember this? It's like a soccer match where if it ends in a draw, I lose uh-huh. because there's a time limit. And it's like the way it is, like I literally like have to win fast. So I have to so, play sub-optimally. Well, yeah, so the two of you, you're playing heads-up poker, right? Yeah, yeah. but so, it, it went on for like, what, eight? It was the number of hands, right? It was the number of hands. It was set for eight hours. I think we played seven. Yeah, so it's called the pregame poker challenge. Fezzik makes his move. So this is actually different episodes yeah. of this. Oh, look at this. Mackenzie, you looked young back here. What the hell? No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, look, we got the TV. I haven't seen this before. Who cut this all? How many? You guys would play for two hours and they cut it up? Like, yeah, like, yeah. This was like the World Series of Poker. The Stu Unger one in 97 had this level of quality. Look, look at Fezzik's worried now. I got the lead. And did I think they sped this up a little bit? So like, the, so like when they would do that, like the feds can't shuffle that fast. I think it might have been like 150. percent I want to watch this. Yeah, check it out. So uh, let me get this straight. So, so it was, I, I would imagine that not a lot of flops were seen. That this was just the fold. No, because that's the thing. Once you saw when you heads up, you got to almost raise every hand. Well, it's either, well I, when I play heads up, it's either all in or, or nothing. No, we were playing with a lot of big blinds though. All in or nothing with a oh, full yeah. stack. Yeah, we we should play all in or nothing. We should play, (laughs) but just waiting for you to call. (laughs) (laughs) But but here's the interesting thing: it was so bad that Fez was mother effing the rules that he agreed to. And then I'm figuring, oh, I can't. I think I had a couple hundred on it. And then one day, I I know the game was going to start right after the show. Like that Fez dealing from the bottom. (laughs) Pull the phone. why does he have a mechanic? Yeah, what is a why does he have a mechanic? <laughs> Caught a hanger, Sarge. <laughs> hanger? What? All right, you got. I'm going to watch this tonight, maybe, maybe Christmas Eve. Let's you're, get. You're not going to be happy with how he played the final. Oh, I'm sure. Aces. Uh, he, he got aces. I, he got I his aces cracked. Spoiler alert, guys. Come well, did he get all the money in pre-flop? No, he slow played them. Oh, God, of course. Yeah, I mean, raise all the time, but when you finally get a hand, make sure you don't. Trap him. Would you have called the the? the would you call the a, a decent raise? I mean, it's all relative. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I, if his standard raise, would you have called there? I think I had garbage and I could flop two pair if I recall no, correctly. Fine. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, let's get started. Best bet, and it's how we do it. We go best bets first because we, you know, let's be honest. Most people is going to listen to the end of the show. And if you don't want to, that's fine. Tune in every week just for the story at the beginning if you want. Or the promo code at the very beginning. First up, though, five-star, best bet, Steve Fezzik. New Orleans Saints plus three at Cleveland. And we got a crossfire. Woo! This is a crossfire with me. It's my four weight on the Cleveland Browns. Five versus four? Yeah. Five goes first. All right. So power ratings, that's where I always start. I have Cleveland one point better. Than the Saints. So I'm not going to give Cleveland two for home field. That leaves me a little bit short of three. So right off the bat, I make the game 2.75. So it's a little bit of value. So let us jump in with our power rating. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing now, and Mackenzie had a good week. We made some big advances with our numbers. And what we got is a four uh, contributor composite, Kevin Cole, Football Outsiders, Neflo. And pregame's new proprietary EPA minus luck plus success rate. And our numbers are really tuning in now. What we got for Cleveland, Fez, is plus one and a half points. That's with no adjustment for Watson, mm-hmm. and which is probably appropriate at this point. Mm-hmm. And we've got New Orleans 
a tenth of a point better. So Cleveland, 1.4 better. So a little bit you get more to than three. You. Yeah, yeah, so you basically we're getting to three. So this is not power rating. So let's talk about Cleveland. Let's talk about their skill position players. So we've got Watson. I'm going to make the case. I thought Watson was going to be an upgrade for Cleveland. Oh, like five points. Yeah, Four mm, points. Significant. Significant. Well, let's think about it. Where did you have Brissett? Minus two. Okay. Well, Watson was um, – the third or fourth, third best quarterback his last so year. So he's like a plus two. Is that how? The Hertz is a plus two. Yeah. That's, that's, is that's he the fifth. third best guy? Hertz is the fifth best guy. All right. So that's called a plus three. So you're saying that would have been five points? Yes, right? but he hadn't played in 600. I agree. Days. I agree. Okay. So 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 yeah, we expect it to be like a two, two or three, yeah. two, two, three point upgrade. Watson. All right. First game, he was rusty. That's okay. He'll come around. I think he was tight. He's not coming around. And and I got to tell you, like, I watched this Baltimore game really closely, all right? Um, and Cleveland got outplayed by Baltimore. Not badly, but Watson just – he looks all wrong. He looks Does like – Does he look any better in game three than he did in game one? No. No, not – and I think it's getting in his head as well. But you know what? I was thinking to myself – all right, Watson's been a big disappointment. I think Brissett's slightly better than Watson at this point, but I'm worried about the weather. It's going to be cold. All right, but but let's finish that point. So, at best, Cleveland's season number is their current number. At best. Okay. And if anything, I've got them overrated by I half a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm worried about the matchup because I got a dome team from the south, and they're going to the mistake on the lake. And it's going to be cold, and the wind's going to be 30 miles an hour, and the Cleveland rushing game, it's going to be a big advantage. But then I see that Chubb, who's awesome, and he's a mutter, he's a running back that's good in bad weather, is not close to 100%, didn't practice today, and that was the one factor that I was most concerned about in this game, with Chubb not being 100%, and it's, he can't carry the team. Watson certainly can't carry the team. This is going to be a field goal game, and I'm getting three. I'll take the Saints. First question, you got a Chubb because of whose mother? His he's a mutter. He's, he's like a big, thick, fast guy. You know, he's, that, he's in, good in bad weather. And Chubb from that. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Um, Scott, you got the duty of the weather. Yeah. So give us the official report. So what we're looking at right now is 8 degrees with 27-mile-per-hour winds. But Ooh. the important thing here is the feels-like temperature. So the fuel. Well, no, no, no. I don't think that's the important thing. I think generally it would be. Mm -hmm. That wind is the important thing. Sure, sure. I also think though, feels like temperature is going to be important because it's going to feel like it's minus eleven degrees. That's cold. Yeah. Now minus thirteen at kickoff, minus twelve as we progress throughout the day, and then eventually. Yeah. Okay. So Fez, we have some analogs here. It wasn't last year. It wasn't even the year before. It was three years ago, if I recall, when the Browns had three home games in pretty much the middle of the year. One was against the Raiders. One was against Houston. Now I think about it. And Deshaun Watson was playing in that game. One of those, um, we had uh, Chubb running out of bounds on the one-yard line. Remember that, where I started cursing? Yes. yes. We, we, actually have, we actually have the tape <laughs> of him doing that. But, um, I, well— I didn't think till just now Watson was in one of those games. So, Mackenzie, you want to pull up uh, that game specifically and see what we saw from Watson? Yes. Because it was very analogous weather-wise. And, and obviously, I got a quarterback from Clemson that played for Houston. That Now, Cleveland's got experience playing in the cold and the wind, mm -hmm. and that's an advantage for Cleveland. But how's it, Watson, who's been sucking, frankly, now he's but got— But doesn't this, doesn't this minimize his suckiness? Oh, does, I, this play, does this play like the New England-Buffalo game last year, and it's who's the better running team becomes the issue? 
I, I was you're... I was concerned about that. Yeah, let's uh, yes. maybe let's that scar jump. Pat. So this yeah. is <laughs> Fez talks about what the the line should be if we use our pregame numbers and we have this as one point four difference between the two teams. I am giving because of the weather mm. the complete full three points for Cleveland being at home. So I make this game four point four four point five. In fact, and now you're you giving, but you're going through the three, so you can't do that. But I am because of the weather. So you're making it five. So I'm making it five. <laughs> okay, make it. I, I, it, 27 mile per hour winds and a field temperature of minus 11 degrees. Yeah, I'm giving it, against a dome. You can make it five. I'm okay with I'll that. Make but it, it ten. Fez. But if you're making it four six, you're making <laughs> it five. That's now, just, Fez, let me ask you this: as, as Scott continues here in a second, is you usually like the team that benefits from the weather? I do. But I think the quarterback for the Saints is going to be impacted much less because I mean, the Red Rifles used to playing in bad weather. Andy but Dalton, but he's called the Red Water Pistol. Oh, it's going to be the Red <laughs> Frozen Pistol so, in this but, game. But, but let's agree to this: if both teams are only allowed passing five times in the game, which advantage, is a high advantage, advantage Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, yes, yes. and advantage. mitigated by Chubb being injured. I all, but Kareem Hunt is a. Probably the best backup running back in the NFL. Yeah, but he's not a bruising. Sure, you know, sure. He's a change Pollard of pace. Pollard is the best backup. <laughs> Zeke's the backup. Pollard's the start. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I think you have a, a Browns team that has 150 yards per game running the football. They're a running, a run-first football team. I also think that you'll see designed runs for Deshaun Watson this week because of the weather. So I think that the game plan clearly benefits Cleveland doing something that they're used to doing as opposed to a New Orleans team that is not built on the run and has to play on the road, on the grass, in this te- in these terrible conditions. And Kobe Brissett, they bring him in for some fourth down Running stuff. Place. Maybe they bring him in for more, you know? Because let's That's be honest. A, you know, you know that I, I'm, I'm liking this prop bet. Over Brissett? You think no, under, but no, but they'll have under for, for Watson for pass yards. And the fact that Watson's going to probably lose potentially three to five plays because uh. and I think they'll bring in Brissett third and one, third and two even. So in that Browns game, it was 11-15-2020 uh, against Houston. Eight carries for 36 yards in that game. And Houston scored seven points. And Cleveland, 10. 10-7 the final. Watson, 5.4 yards per attempt. Look at, Ch- look at Kareem Hunt in that game. Oh, he had 100. Oh, yeah, both of them. Chubb and Hunt both went over 100, 120-some and 104. Which means even if Chubb is less than 100%, Kareem Hunt's still going to get his. I would play an over on Kareem Hunt's rushing guards, to be honest with you, because he's going to get, if even if Chubb's healthy, he's still going to get a bunch of carries. And if Chubb's not healthy, you know he's going to get even more carries. I, I haven't seen anything about them, uh, about Dearness Johnson this week. Um, you know, if he's activated and up for this game, that should should tell you something about Chubb, but yeah, which will it's a good point. Now, um, <clears throat> motivation. Cleveland's out of it, effectively. Yes, but they're very motivated to stop this narrative of Watson going into the off season for sure. Number two, the Saints. We can say that they're motivated. They have a two percent chance, according to five thirty eight, to make the playoffs. So I was thinking about you because uh-huh. I think they got no chance. But I remember, like, we'd have a conversation. You're like, well, Fez, you know that, but they don't know that. They're one game out. They're one game out of first. Now it's true if they check their tiebreaker rules. They bageled against Tampa Bay. That's a good point. They went 0-2 against Tampa Bay, and that's why they're 2% to make the playoffs because they have to beat Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay's magic number is two against them, essentially. I think you got a good point. And I think the key point to that is the fact that they're just one game out. They're not going to dig into all – I mean, maybe they hear it. They're going to say, ah, that's that that stupid math I keep hearing about. 
So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think the Browns are – but I don't get your handicaps. You know, I, 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 I think, if anything, I get the Saints underrated. Let me make my case. I, I look at – You can't do that retroactively. I understand, but I looked at the, the yards per play, and I know my old fossil dinosaurs still use that, but they gained 5.8 per play. They give up 5.1. So they have a net differential plus 0.7. They're tied for fifth in the league on yards per play differential. I know they're, that they've got a bad win-loss record at 5-9, and nine, but this team has the – I mean, like you look at Cleveland, they're a minus yards per play differential overall, and they're just downgraded quarterback and downgraded at running back. Well, that's not the, the running case. Backs According to pregame's EPA uh, research here, Cleveland's actually a positive EPA team. New Orleans is, is a net zero. Well, here's what I would say. If we there's all kind of ways to do analysis, right? He's doing yards per play, mm-hmm. which I think as long as you adjust for strength of schedule, it's a it's a great stat. In fact, I stumbled across a guy, a Giants beat writer, mm-hmm. who does his yard per play standings every week. Oh, okay. And what he does, he does it home, away, and um last three, like all kind of views of it. It's pretty interesting. Um I would say this, Fez, Cleveland, like Kevin Cole, a guy we respect a lot. He's had Cleveland has won in his adjusted game score every game this year. Cleveland's undefeated. <laughs> They're the only team undefeated. Is that right, Is that right McKenzie? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought until I, I knew it at least until the last week. So, which they won the game, right? So, okay, uh, wouldn't have been funny. They finally win a game, and, yeah, and yeah, somehow, yeah. but I mean, in in our composite, we got Cleveland as the eighth best team. So, last three games on offense, Cleveland yards per play. We talk about downgraded quarterback. So the year-to-date, they're averaging 5.4. The last three weeks, the Watson game's 4.8. So their offense has been bad. Yeah, I mean, I league worst type of bad. So last thing here from me. Oh, I'm sorry, Houston 4.7, and the Rams 4.6 are actually worse. So third worst in the league. But the last two weeks, they played two really good defenses, in the Bengals and the Ravens. Now here's what's surprising. Jacoby Brissett, we're going to look at Andy Dalton, and we're going to look at... Um, Watson. Yeah. And, okay, he's over here. Okay, because Watson doesn't qualify yet for QBR. Okay, so Andy Dalton in our composite ratings is tied for 10th. That's pretty, with Trevor Lawrence. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's the PFF half and QBR half. Okay. Deshaun Watson is in the subgroup, and his, his numbers are 11th and 9th. Well, how could he be that good? 11th and 9th in PFF and QBR, respectively, where Brissett is 8th and 7th, and Andy Dalton is 5th and 18th. So, really, Watson looks like the worst quarterback of the three by a smidge, and these ratings seem kind of high to me. Um, but he's 11th and 9th. Watson is among the second group of quarterbacks. Oh, okay. So, his 60 <laughs> PFF would put him, uh, you know, bottom three in the league. It makes more sense. But Jacoby Brissett. You want to look at how good they were with him. With 11 games, as Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, the Browns had the fifth-ranked offense in EPA per drive. And they, the they've only, been EPA darlings. Yeah, the only teams that they were behind were the Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins, Eagles. And you saw a lot of professional money on the Browns throughout the first half of this year. Exactly. Yes. All right. So and and I I, I watched the whole game against Baltimore, and they were terrible against right, Baltimore. But that's one well, game. It's it's one game, but it's the most recent game. It's the game everyone. They won the game. Yeah, thirteen to three because the idiot, the greatest kicker of all time, missed two field goals and they. Maybe he's yeah. maybe a variance is finally catching up to old Justin Tucker. There is no variance with Justin uh-huh. Tucker. Uh-huh. Now, last question: Why are you on the Saints? 
I mean, like, I don't understand <laughs> it. Because the, the way I think, it, if I would have said Fez is sick again, handicap this game Fez style, I'd be like, well, what do I want to make my power number? And, you know, go over here. And, and then I'll say, I have a half point on that. Oh, that's not enough. I'll make it a point. But no. But then, <laughs> but then you would say the weather. You Do you know how... Houston's temperature, do you know what it was? It was 70 this week. And now they're going up to the freezing cold in the dog pound, right? And you'd be like, Watson's look because bad, I but he's never as bad. Those players are never as bad as I agree seen. the weather benefits Cleveland, but the weather benefits Dalton, the quarterback, versus Watson. I've got a warm weather quarterback that sucks. Andy Dalton, well, I guess if he's and, playing. He's and playing and now he's got to play in this horrible condition. He's going to have a terrible game. My, my handicap is Watson's going to have a terrible game. Dalton has never played. So play in under in Watson. Which you like I will, anyway. I will, and and also the fact that this total's thirty-one, getting three points in a total that's thirty-one is a lot more attractive. Is it? Oh, thirty-two. Is it me, or it's like we're back in the nineties with these totals? I love it. Like thirty, I used to say yeah. back in the day, thirty-seven meant something, and no one knew what like thirty-seven. Ten, ten of the fifteen totals this week are below forty-one. So the last time the league average like forty five. Last time the Red Rocket, Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, your good and cold weather Andy Dalton. The last time he played a game with over fifteen mile per hour wins was the twenty fourteen fifteen playoff game for the Ooh. Bengals against the Colts. They lost twenty six ten. I'm confident. Let's, you could a, let's admit any something. Let's game. admit something. That's a good poll. That is it. Did you go? Yes. That head, right? No, nah, it's just not an article I'm reading. Okay. But I think if you query any Bengal playoff game, you're going to come up with some real crapple. Yeah, but remember, you're not. Not many databases have the weather yeah. in it, so yeah. that was pretty. I it thought was. he went to. Uh, that was for football reference. Yeah. Actually, that game doesn't matter. Never mind. Oh, can't because it, it was. It says it was in Indy, so it's in a dorm. Air conditioning. <laughs> the air conditioning was the win. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Fez with his five. He's sticking to it. You know, if you change your mind, it's cool. No, I no. think I won this crossfire. Watson's going to have a— uh, You did. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> bookmark this or whatever. Watson's going to have a terrible game. He's going to throw two interceptions and throw for under 150 yards, and Cleveland will lose. Solely for that, they'll win the other stats. I could explain what I think Scott did to Fez, but I'll just use a sound effect. <laughs> Space Invaders? <laughs> <laughs> Something was blowing yeah, up. Yeah. I can tell you that one. <laughs> you know, Fez, I actually feel a little bad, the beating you took. Do you got any – I mean, I, I, let me beg a guess here because I can tell when you're thin. This felt thin. I think this is a veto play. All right. It is a veto play. My guys say New Orleans plus three is an absolute take. The line should close two and a half. Now, that's interesting. That's a statement now. He said, now, are you willing to bet that it closes two and a half? Yes, I am. Now, that's interesting because you're saying two and a half flat. Yes. Minus 110. Yes. So it's going to move 20 cents. Well, it's going to move 10 because it's 2.75, right? All right. Now. So he, now here's the thing. He's good at these line moves. Yeah. But that's assuming that no move is nothing, right? That's a wash. In this case, though, no. He's saying he's going to go more than 50% of the time this thing goes down. That's bold. If you if you want to take a bet on that, I think I'm not sure that'd be a dumb bet. I, I don't. I, he's usually right on these movements. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to the market pod, so he's usually right on these movements. So I wouldn't bet against that. But I already have a bet against it because I bet Cleveland minus three. So that's a good point. <laughs> so so Fez, 
I think you got to commit to us now that you're going to tell us when it's a veto play because it just makes you look bad. Fair enough. Right? Like you're trying to like fake it. It's like, say, guys, I got my handicap on this game. It's not strong either way, but veto came in. Yeah, so veto tells me that he likes New Orleans, and I press veto for, well, anti-Watson, Chubb's maybe not going to play. What's going on? And the term black box comes to mind where they're like, Fez, you know we can't tell you the reasons. We might be betting on these teams next next week and the is following this, week and the like. Is this Deshaun Watson related when you say black box? No, black box. It's, oh, it's, oh, like no, no, opaque. Black box, opaque. as you know, is a opaque. term meaning you're given the it's answer opaque. without any reason to why. You know what opaque is? I thought it meant like. It's the opposite of transparent. Yes. So it's okay. You're not disclosing anything. Yeah, you can't see into the black box. Yes. All right. I didn't know, though. I didn't know. Opaque hits it. Plus (laughs) 2,800. You knew that one, Mackenzie, right? I did. All right. Now, my best bet. We finally got through. And you commit you're going to tell us when it's veto? Yes. Because it makes it so much better. Then you can give your handicap. All right. All right. Okay. I'm going with... The New York football giants. Double like. This is my three-way. Now, this is smart. You buck Vaz and you back me. <laughs> I like it. We're laying, we're getting four here. It, to some degree, this is a pure power ratings play. Minnesota, a team I've been defending this year against Fez's hate hatred. But still, in our composite power ra- ratings, we have Minnesota 20th. 20th. Now, we got the Giants 22nd. Seems like a toss-up, right? But it's actually 0.7 points different between the two. So now give full home field to Minnesota at three. That Maybe the only team left. Is there any other team you're giving three too fast? Uh, I was giving Seattle, but they just fell out of playoff contention, so I no longer am. So wait, no, wait, I'm not. The Saints are in playoff contention, but Seattle isn't. Well, they're not in like magnified uh, home field advantage playoff contention. All right, fair enough. So um, – this is the best home field in the league. And if you add 0.7, now again, we're going up. Oh, Green through. Bay. Green Bay also. Yeah. Because okay, the I accept field. that. We're going up through three. So, you know, or I guess through the remainder of three. So I would call it 3.3. I'll call this. Well, no, 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 wait. Not 3.3. I would call it 3.15. It's like a third of the way to three and a half. Would you agree with that? Yes. All right, so to me, getting four is pure value. <clears throat> I've got some other reasons for this, but I'll let you jump in, Scott, out of spirit of goodness and holiday cheer. Yeah, so this this could be a spite play for me since Minnesota was my five weight last week. <laughs> so it could just now, be well, a your sp- five weight record is still pretty damn good, right? Nine and six. Listen, right. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, so it could be a spite play for me after Minnesota won the game with the Marat with the greatest comeback in NFL history, but didn't cover. Man, I was hoping for a touchdown in overtime. So, uh, so wait a minute, <laughs> you were down by thirty three, yeah, and you didn't cover in your mat. I'd be. <laughs> But, but I and I wasn't one of the people that bet Minnesota money line at the half when they were down thirty three. So uh, yeah, a lot of FOMO on that one. Anyway, uh, I, I actually had Minnesota plus seven. Good <laughs> job. A little outlier book. Oh in, oh, you had it. Yeah, in jack in yeah. pocket it, uh, at jackpot in pre flop. Pre flop. Yeah. Oh, in game I got eighty to one. So 
Giants uh, eight and two ATS as underdogs this season, and Saquon Barkley looked much better last week than he had in previous weeks. So maybe he was dealing with a little bit of an issue, banged up a little bit. Certainly last week looked like the Saquon. Yeah, I'm going to have to back you off on that. So I looked. A lot of people look at Barkley. Mm-hmm. He had three runs in the fourth quarter yeah. that were good runs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think he averaged like 2.6 per carry. So it's kind of the mean median kind of thing here is, hey, he gets credit for those runs, but still not a great day. You know, I got got to side in with Scott here just because – and and it's rare I watch every single down, but I did watch, you know, that game every down. Those three runs in particular, what was it? Wasn't so- the Baltimore game on at the same time as this Giants game? No, Giants no, were in that game. Sandler. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. This I was, was just hoping. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what happened is that I don't think that the, oftentimes they have you know yards after contact stats. Okay. No, which, well, that's big now with the next gen has that. Right, but I don't know if it gives justice to the fact that on all three of these runs, these were five yard runs where Barkley's just going up the middle. And he literally makes the linebacker miss. He just like dukes him out, so he so he whiffs completely. Does it doesn't even touch him? Duked him out. Yes. He gave him a twenty when yeah. he went by. He, he gave him a whoop. Him yeah. um, and I was like, dang, he he couldn't do that at all the last two years. This Barkley. Well, first of all, he was running better early this year than he the was. Beginning yeah. of the year, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I no doubt about it. But 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 for for a running back that big to be that agile at the end of the year. My goodness, I was like, whoa, he's the best running back in the league right now. So by, com- by comparison here, let's, lo- let's look at a couple of recent games. The Vikings were two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Lions in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. So if we reverse that script, what would we say? We'd say that the Lions get one-and-a-half for home, so— do we say that Minnesota would be like a three-point favorite over Detroit if so that game was in four, Minnesota? Do, do four and a half points. Okay, so so it would be two and a half. Uh, it would be uh, three points. We okay. do four and a half. Okay, the Giants were three-point favorites over the Lions at home. Now I understand that was the beginning of the Lions turnaround yeah, sure. versus the end of the Lions turnaround, but I do think it's interesting to compare uh, against common opponents. And it's a divisional game, so maybe you you weight it a little bit differently. Now, are we looking at what the line was or what the performance was? Looking at what the line was. Yeah, but that's been long enough. I mean, I mean, they Detroit's both, probably they, been upgraded. They both, they, they both lost those games. So, but the, but yeah, but like RJ said, Detroit has gone from like bottom feeder to fourth best team in the NFC, and everybody agrees. The Giants. Well, also- wait, wait, wait. Let, let me try to clear this up for you. You tell me if you agree with this. Okay. I, I actually have a pick here. Well, it's, yeah, it's my best bet. Is that right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll, here's what I like. I think it's hard to say that Minnesota is significantly better than the Giants. We can debate. Are they even? I think the case could be made these are even teams. I think you think that. I think they're a lot closer than what the market says. Okay, so part of our handicap is we believe that the difference between Minnesota and the Giants is more modest than the market thinks. Now, what does the market think? Well, if we think there's no other factors but home field, they think he's is about 25, 26 cents better to go from, I guess, maybe 27, right? If I was to go from three to four. Yeah, so it'd be 19, but it'd be close enough, yeah. 19 yeah. plus eight, yeah, 27. There we go. So the rule of 27 Oh wait! That's... It might be the rule twenty-five with all these like missed <laughs> extra points and two-point conversions. Now, okay, I don't believe it's that big, but let's even say it it can't be bigger in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's either that big or a little smaller in my opinion. You agree? Yes. Now, what else is there? 
I think there's some motivational issues, and I think you agree. You want to start? Yeah. Well, you have Minnesota coming off the, the historic comeback, clinching the NFC North, and pretty set into where they are in the playoffs. I know they're still fighting for the two seed. I mean, it's two and three with San Francisco, yeah. and I don't even know who cares about that. I mean, nobody. I don't think it's worth a lot. Like, mm-hmm. Six weeks before the playoff, or, or I guess the second mm-hmm. round when it would, you know. Absolutely. And I think the Giants are trying to wrap up this playoff spot coming off of the big win last week. They haven't clinched anything yet, but they're darn close. So one win is a momentum generator. The other win is a flat spot. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You agree with that, Fast? I do. The only concern, I, 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 I'm leaning your way. All right, I was thinking about playing it. Here was my only concern. The fact that I was like, oh, Minnesota, with the greatest comeback ever, I got to fade these guys. But that game was Saturday. And the game for the Giants was Sunday night. And during a holiday week and a short week, that had me concerned. Maybe Minnesota with that extra day and a half for prep time kept me off the game personally. You know, I, I've looked at every possible angle on all your theories about holidays. Now, you would think, you know, there'd be something that shows maybe in theory that the road team has a disadvantage because now, you know, other people say, well, they don't they're not distracted. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you think these NFL players are distracted by going to get, like, the the Cabbage Patch kid? I think on Christmas Day, if you have to play at home, Christmas, because you are distracted because you're going to have dinner that night, you know. And yeah, I don't think these players playing for millions of dollars are worried about it. They're going to shove that turkey up someone's ass if they want to get in the way of You would, but I'm not so no, sure they would. I'm pretty sure I'm not more alpha than these D linemen, mm-hmm. all right? So, I'm telling—I mean, you've been around it as a media <laughs> guy. You think they're really thinking about Thanksgiving? They got— some of these guys got four families to visit. Yeah. And you know what? And they're going to none of them. And the, lock, the <laughs> locker room spread sometimes is better than what they're eating at home. Yeah, fast. I think you apply your life to, to these guys. But the extra day and a half has to be a benefit to Minnesota. Why? Because they got if the— anything, it minimize, If anything, it diminishes the extra day and a half. What do you mean by extra Minnesota day? Minnesota played Saturday. Okay. Washington played on, on Sunday night. Sunday night. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's uh, okay. Those four hours. Day and a day and a sixth. All right. Um, I I think that's a listen. It's an it's it's fair. It's fair. Um, let's think. What would the analogy be? So the analogy would be like a someone that played on Monday night versus someone that played Play Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Exactly the same. So Mackenzie, let's just look at that. Okay. Let's well, just say and the Giants like on the road. Uh, I road team played on Sunday or Monday night. And that was a home. Oh, it was a, a road game. Road game. Yes. Okay. Well, four hours. Now he's actually making a good point here. So road game on Monday night, and then you play on Sunday on the road again, and the other team was at home and uh and at home Sunday to Sunday. Got it. So rest equals six. Rest equals seven. Or I'm sorry, rest equals five in the case of the Giants. And there you go. And it's the away away home home. This is something because there was there's only one Monday night team that had that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was middle of the year. I, I think, think we've run this, and it's not good for the back to back away team. We'll see. Make sure, go from 2012 because the travel gets a lot better. Um, one other thing, if I would have told you, Fez, let's think of the uh, year so far as two half years, so maybe seven games and seven games, like right? two chunks. Did the Giants play better in the first chunk or the second chunk? Not, no, don't think because I'm asking you what the answer is. Same. Really? Yeah. Didn't it feel like they were like 7-1 and one and then their bubble burst? 
but everyone was saying you're they right. were the worst right. seven and one team. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, if you actually look at cumulative EPA, just aggregated, Giants were right at even for like the first half of the year, and they've gone up pretty. You know, they helped you show me that chart before in pre-production. Yes, yeah, so but <laughs> but what I'm saying is that surprising, isn't yes, it? Yes, I either I either I either cheat on the exam or I or I act like I'm not listening to you. <laughs> is is, is Dayball a top five coach at this point? No, because the sample's not high enough. He's coach of the year candidate because he's done great this year, but it's not a big enough sample. Who would you say, if you could have any coach for your franchise in Youth Matters, yeah. where's Dayball at? He's got to be in the top five, right? How old is Dayball? He's not young. Ooh, he's like, if you, I'm happy he's not a kid. Yeah. If Youth Matters, that's an interesting debate. Uh, Brian Dayball is 47. Yeah, so right. yeah, so I mean, I, Belichick say, was like three years older when he got the New England job. I'd say if I had to choose my coach right now, you want for the, for the next, Well, that's that's one of the guys. Maybe I disagree with that. I think Vrabel. Yeah, I yeah. think Vrabel's right there. Yeah, who else though? I like the Vrabel pick because the team's not doing that well. But what we're we saying young coaches moving forward. How's yeah. this sound? I'm going to ask you guys, Shanahan, to tell me who you're going to take before Dayball. Okay. Right now, let's hit me with it. By the way, Sean Payton on the herd said there's a trend he knows about where if a team has a miracle win, they are one in twenty-one the next week. It sounds like one of uh, Scott's trends <laughs> is we aren't defining a miracle win. Now remember, wasn't Sean Payton? Well, no, he was a part of the losing side on that Minnesota miracle, right? Yeah. Maybe he's still having some PTSD from that. Yeah. I like him though as a as a talker. He, I like the way he has a different cadence than anyone else in media, and everyone wants to rush him, but he doesn't. He'll be like, they ask him a question, he'll go, well, and he thinks about it, and everyone's like trying to jump, you know, Colin doesn't, you know, he wants to jump in and push, and it's like, no, just let the guy talk for a minute. Like Joe Rogan, they talk normally on that show, and, you know, I think a lot of people listen to that. I heard. What we got, McKenzie? <laughs> So rest equals six, opponent rest equals seven. Away. No, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. So opponent rest is six, or or I'm sorry, opponent rest is five, and the team's rest is six. You you know the rest from Monday to Sunday, right? Uh, kind of the same thing, five and seven. So it is a down spot. Well, no, but this is interesting. We're showing it from the team's, Minnesota's perspective here. Yes, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, I think you did. Okay, so Fez, amazingly, shockingly, Minnesota's in a 5-7 and seven spot, minus three points per game. It's a small sample, but, you know, it, the fact there's only 12. Wait, Minnesota's the, in a bad spot? Yeah. I mean, that's what they're not, because here's the thing. Hmm. is When things are known, they get adjusted for. But maybe you're bringing up a good point. Maybe that's where we think there's value in just the power ranking, mm -hmm. and that, it, maybe it's the rest that's causing that. I think that I actually think yeah. it is. But now what this is telling us is over the course of 12 games, the market's properly accounted for it, right? But I'll accept that if there's a half a point or something sure. here. Now I'm at the point of saying, okay, but I think the motivation is huge. Mm -hmm. Vikings, nothing to play for. And, and it, flat. And it got to be, yes. I mean, because they weren't supposed to. I mean, they were the first to win their division, right? The, f oh, well, the, the first Chiefs one won their division also. The 49ers, first team in the NFL to win the division this yeah. year. Oh. Okay. So one of the so it was all the same week. So they won it as early as any team in the NFL. Yes. yes. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Coaches I would take before Brian Dable. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and considering age, Vrabel, who's the same age. I understand. Um, McVay. Oh, well, do you, you want him to coach as he's announcing on Amazon? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't want to be. Why would you want McVay? He doesn't want to be there. Because he remembers every single play that happens over the course of his history. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's why he should be a broadcaster. <laughs> yes. Uh, I hate that he won a Super Bowl. He is so overrated. I'm trying to think. That's it. Kyle Shanahan. Okay, I accept that. McDermott. Mm-hmm, maybe. Yeah, I'll accept that. Harbaugh. No, I wouldn't, but you would. Tomlin? You like losing I mean, well, listen, Tomlin? I would take Andy. I think Andy Reid's the best coach. I, I think Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's not long for coach. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Andy Reid's the best Reed's coach in the yeah. league right now. But, but he's if, only like 62. If we're considering yeah. age, then he's out of the equation. We'll get to the bottom of this. You know, quick little thing. How old was Don Shula his last year in coaching? I'll guess 62. See, you're always trying to guess why I'm asking the question. I, that's just bad. Because they don't have to ask a lot of dummy questions to throw you off the set. Yeah, he was like in his early, you know. 65 years old. Really? I heard he was 62, someone said. Um, but still, not as old. Now, how old was Tom Landry? Remember, he was he was hunched over. He had that hat. But, it, but that hat had like a sweat stain in it from the 60s. 70? <laughs> He was like 62 or something. Oh, How old was he? he? When when Jimmy or when uh, <laughs> Jones threw him out. He was 63 or 64. Wow. Yeah. That was a hard living 60. How did he? Was he 63? Guys, you look like, a lot younger than Pete he Carroll's did. Pete Carroll's like 90. Yeah, Pete Carroll looks younger than he He's was. He's old. Imagine Pete Carroll and Tom Landry in a fight, their last day coaching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pete Carroll would wipe the floor with them. Absolutely. And Landry was like a— he saw, He's chewing gum. He's he, not, he, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, though? Landry could come out and go into some old-school <laughs> <Yeah>. boxing <laughs> stance <laughs> and, like, crack him twice. Yeah. In fact, I'd take Landry at this Old point. Jack Johnson stance <laughs> or something, you know. All right. So, Fez, you agree with us, but you were kept off it. Because of the rest advantage. Yes. And you figure that's worth 20 points. Well, you get... Don't you, it's, don't it's, you just throw it in the mix? It's worth .63 points. If right. the Colts can take a 33 nothing lead over the Vikings, granted they blew it, the New York Giants can have a lead I, in this game. I agree with you guys directionally. In fact, I'll go and give you a forecast for next year for a season win number. I will make the Giants 8 and the Vikings 8.5, and, and I'll even let you bet. Right now. Who's the quarterback of the Giants? Right now, you can bet. You can bet it right now. You got you got thirty seconds. You got to figure the worst is going to be is Daniel Jones. Exactly. You got thirty seconds. Let me know if you like over or under. Thirty seconds. I've never heard you. That means you're scared. Well, yeah, because I'm throwing out a number out. Next game. Next game. (laughs) So you like my numbers? I don't even think about it. The thing about it's probably time to say for a second. The cap situation is something we're going to focus on this year because, man, there's a lot of opportunity with that. No doubt. The teams that have money to spend are going to improve. And I said something about Sirianni. Here's my point. I don't think he's bad, but I think it's Howie Roseman. I mean, that team he put together is a monster. And and he's doing a good job. But Dayball's doing a miracle right now. Speaking of cap money, Jets have a lot of money. And they got a good team that's just in need of a quarterback. Mr. Jimmy G. So says Mr. New York. Jimmy I, G. Next up. Okay, Faz, we're back around the horn. You're a four-star. Four-star Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half. I'm going to keep this handicap rather simple. I have Pittsburgh, the ever so slightly better team than Vegas. I don't think I'm on an island here. And so if I give them two for home field. Uh, we should say there's there's a lot of people disagree. Mm-hmm. Some people agree. If anything, I would say the average average of respected power ratings has the uh, Raiders a little better. 
I can I can see that. Yes, I'm but not by bit. more than a half a point at the most. I'd say. Yeah. So you know Pittsburgh with a slightly better quarterback option here with the rookie uh, playing and with um, you know Watt back is what the reason I've I you know raised the Steelers in my power ratings. But regardless, home field we don't get to three. We only get to two and a half. All right. So that's our starting point. But I love two factors here. Factor number one: the Raiders' miracle win last Sunday against New England. That can't be good. The way they were down seven, it looked like they were defeated. And it can't be good for this game. Can't be good for this game because it's really a double celebration. They get two miracles. They get they get a long touchdown pass to tie the game when the dude is out of bounds by half an inch. And miraculously, there's not a good enough TV angle to overturn the touchdown. And then, of course, the laterals that we all saw that went awry with Jacoby Brissett in New England. Raiders are still celebrating that victory. All right, let me, let me counter that. Mm-hmm. Raiders were on the, or they were on the brink and maybe still are of being fired. I mean, you're here in Vegas with me and Scott and AJ. Is the talk radio, the general narrative was this, we made a mistake, Mm. right or wrong? Right. Yes. This win gives them a little breathing room. So I get that they're going to be excited about it, but maybe energize. You know how you think there's impending doom? Mm -hmm. You know, so you got a tumor or something. I mean, I've seen this on TV, and all of a sudden you get it back. No, it wasn't that. It was just a spot on the x-ray or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you tired or are you energized? That's a good point. I mean, I don't know. It could be like a, a reprieve. Mm. It could be. It could be. And certainly if they would have lost, they'd be talking about, oh, crushing loss. If they had lost on the and lateral yeah, play, yeah, you can't. I'd be making the same case of, oh, they're never going to be able to recover what from you, this. Where do you come down I, to I just part? think well, energy. It was a ton of energy expended. This is a team that keeps playing overtime games on top of it. While it's highly unlikely given their schedule, should the Raiders win out, there's a chance they can make the playoffs. Like The playoff hopes are still alive, especially because one of the teams that they would be competing for a spot for is the Chargers, and I think they have the head-to-head over the Chargers because they split, but I think the No, but remember, head-to-head only matters if those two teams are alone. I'm saying if they're they're both tied for the seventh seed by tiebreakers, Vegas might be able to eclipse the Chargers. Well, why don't we do this? 538 is going to have a number on it. Let's just see what the number is. Can we we calculate that number giving the Raiders three more wins? Well, yeah. Like giving them the win out, yeah. I think so. I don't know how many. I know they let you go at least one week ahead. Okay, okay. Go ahead. So I think that there is, with that win last week, as improbable as it was, I think there is a renewed sense of excitement, like saying, hey, like this, we could make this happen. I also think it's the same thing for the Steelers, though, who still, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I read that somewhere. Very obscure fact. The Steelers could win out and avoid Mike Tomlin's first ever Losing so season. They, they need to win three to go nine and eight. Correct. And the book on the Pittsburgh is that they've always played better at home than they play on the road. And I got to tell you, we talked about, like in the Cleveland game, we talked about, rightly so, I should be concerned. I got a dome team playing against mm-hmm. a team that's used to playing in the elements that can run the ball. You got a quarterback that's not used to playing in this weather and a quarterback that is, because Kenny Pickett's going to be starting back in this game. Kenny Pickett obviously played his college career at Pittsburgh and is very comfortable playing in the Pittsburgh weather. And Najee Harris, who has been banged up for a lot of the year, looks healthy, and he's used to playing in bad weather as well. Advantage Pittsburgh in the running game. In, in Georgia? So In Pittsburgh. <laughs> he's a, oh, you mean yeah, it's I see him. Okay. So, Sorry. No, no, no. Thank you. Is If the Raiders beat the Steelers— and beat the 49ers, 
and beat the Chiefs. Uh-huh. 57% chance to make the playoffs. So you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's there a chance. is a chance. Now, if Pittsburgh wins out. Oh, it, that would be exciting. It's the seventh sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> All right. I'll do that as you guys continue. They really only have to go 2-0-1, right? So let, let's just talk about the weather here. So 10 degrees Saturday night in Pittsburgh with a real field temperature of negative 9 degrees. There is going to be 13-mile-per-hour winds with wind gusts up to 29 miles per hour. Now, you can say favors the Steelers. I don't know about that. But Josh Jacobs is the leading rusher in the NFL this year, so expect a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Remember, running is the combination of skill and opportunity, and to some degree, the Raiders in their passing game is why Jacobs is doing sure, so well. Sure, you got de- to defend against Devontae Adams. And yeah. You, you know, yeah. Dave Esler, Diamond Dave, also known as Uncle Dave Esler. Now, you can follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow. He's rascally. He's a little rascally. Dave oh, under- is good. Dave underscore Esler. He's got some insight in this game, and he's letting the weather lead the way. Let's listen. I love a bet the Steelers' money line over the Raiders on Christmas Eve. And, and yes, let's start with the weather. It's Pittsburgh weather. Going to be single digits with a high of 13 Saturday. Winds gusting to 25 miles per hour. That does not help Derek Carr, and here's why. In games he's played in less than 37 degrees, he turns into a pumpkin. He's 0-5 with five interceptions, and he's never thrown for more than 220 yards. While the Raiders are not mathematically eliminated, they've got the 49ers and Chiefs left, both of whom are going to be playing to win. And, of course, the Steelers aren't eliminated either. They won four or six, three of those wins on the road. And it wouldn't matter if it was Pickett or Trubisky. Now we know it's going to be Pickett because the Steelers shouldn't have to sling the ball around much. If New England can run for over 200 yards, then Najee Harris is in for a big day. If for some reason they do have to throw, the Raiders' defense is 30th in opponents' pass completion percentage. This weekend is also the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and the Steelers are planning festivities, having a parade that Las Vegas will not rain on. Steelers win the game. Steelers money line. Yeah, looking at this DVOA... Faz, this makes me like your pick more. So Steelers on offense, let's just say running the ball because of the wind, eighth. Rush defense, or I'm sorry, the offense for the Raiders, seventh. Let's call that a wash. Cancel. All right, now Pittsburgh's D, 13th. Raiders D, 22nd against a rush. Advantage Pittsburgh. As Asler said, this feels like it's going to be the wind, a, a, a real emphasis on running. Yeah, so Pittsburgh in a neutral site. Has a slight has has the advantage, not a significant one, in the rushing EPA, and well, in now, this case DVOA. DVOA, yes. And now that it's not a neutral site, it's in crappy cold weather. Bigger advantage you have to expect for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I also think let's be honest. As much as they're trying to toughen the Raiders up, they're a soft team. We're in the Pacific, like Southwest. We're like Arizona. We're we're, we're soft. I don't. I'm not soft. You might be soft. I'm soft. I, I was know. tougher in you Chicago. Live. I've seen your house on Twitter, the mansion, the yacht, the whole <laughs> thing. I, I will say this though, and you, I mean you're a New York guy, Scott. I think Vegas is the most East Coast West Coast city. Yes, there's a lot of transplants. I like that. I like that. Vegas is the most East, East Coast, Coast West Coast city. Way more East Coast than Los Angeles. Yeah, or San Fran. Yeah. Yeah. Or Phoenix, yeah. It's Hello, Frisco. You know, actually, you know, I, I'll, I'll agree number two. I think San Fran is like a little mini Manhattan. I think San Fran's Yeah, maybe, maybe San Chelsea. No, no, no. San, yeah. <laughs> San, San, San Fran's more of a Seattle, though. 
than, than New York. Let, let, let's explain. San Fran is is the New York you'd be hanging. No, no, not yeah, Chelsea. Right. What, I mean, what I mean is like the Richie Rich Manhattan it's the area. Upper, it's the Upper West Side. At the Embarcadero. I'd be down I'd be down at the Cafe Wall back in 63 seeing Bill Cosby. Oh, wait. Mm. Not take, or maybe not. Who knows? They actually make a great point. You know, Dylan was there in the 60s. Dylan Cash is minus 180. Now, here's the thing. They said at the same time, the same week, you could have been in Greenwich Village in the early 60s, saw Dylan play, saw Bill Cosby do a set, and saw Lenny Bruce do a set. Who? At, Bill don't, Cosby. Don't say that. Lenny Bruce? You don't know yeah. Lenny Bruce? No, I Seminal don't. comedian. One of the most influential comedians of, in, in history. Okay. Guy got arrested for cursing. Yeah, he's famous for the indecency trials and stuff. All right. He, I'll he, research it. Yeah, he's probably the first known comedian, at, well, at least a stand-up. Yeah. Right? It was you know, back in the day, Jackie Gleason or whatever, mm-hmm. it wasn't stand-up. Um, and, and there was all kind of, like Coltrane, all kind of jazz people. I mean, just think about that, like, in an area that, I mean, what, what's Manhattan? Uh, what, three miles by eight miles or something? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a little, Small. yeah. All right. All right, so continuing, what do you think, anything else about Esther's take? I don't know if the parade is going to have a factor, but it can hurt. <laughs> Franco Harris is Franco passing, Harris passing away. You know, anything to rally the troops is always good. The game. Here's yeah. what you don't know. Let me tell you a little Steeler info. Steelers hadn't won a championship ever. Art Rooney Sr., he used to chomp on the cigar. He won the Steelers at the horse track. Hmm. That's the truth. He, he won like 4,500 on one weekend. He just bought the Steelers, like in 32 or something. And check out those numbers. I think I'm about right there. And uh, they did have one winning season, not one. No, no, they had winning seasons. I don't even know if they had winning seasons, but they didn't win any championships. Like the Browns in the 50s won like eight out of 10 championships, if you can believe it. Hmm. Paul Brown was the coach. Did you know Paul Brown coached at a high state? I did not know. I didn't. Two years. Really? They ran him out. <laughs> he wasn't winning enough. It was funny. I was I was reading this today in Wikipedia because I was doing a little research on Belichick after 60 and all wow. these other coaches. And Paul Brown, I saw his name on the Hall of Fame because there's only like 22 coaches in the Hall of Fame, right? And I'm thinking, God, they named the Browns after him, this guy. And then I see, then he took the high state job. Then they go after so-and-so, lost three state three straight times they hated Michigan and got fired. So back in the 40s, they were firing people <laughs> for losing. <laughs> um, so the first playoff win for the Steelers happened to be a little play called the Immaculate Reception. So they never even had a playoff win. Now, back in the day, they only the championship game was the only playoff game, right? So it's kind of— No, it's not true. Well, for a long time it was. It was. They must. I thought they were. There was a playoff game before that. I'm almost certain. It was the Steelers' only second playoff ever game as yeah. well. So, well, I think that what happened was sometime in the late 50s or 60s, there was one wild card in each of the. Con- so it was like one game before the championship game. And remember, there wasn't any AFC NFC, right? Because it was the AFC. Yeah, back in the 60s. Yeah. I because yeah, I came in in the early 70s. So I remember. When there was a 14-game schedule and there was one wild card in three 14, It was 14 winners. after 78. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it was 12 like in, in like yeah. 71 or whatever. Um, Mackenzie, find out when the playoffs change. I am interested in that. So the Steelers started in 1933. No playoff wins. No playoff wins till mm-hmm. 72. Wowza. And if you remember the Immaculate Reception, very well-officiated call in my opinion. It's a huge dispute because back then, if the offense hit the ball— and Jack, I think it was Jack Tatum, didn't hit the ball. 
it, you know, you weren't allowed like batting it, or if it bounced off his uh, helmet and got caught, it wasn't it, it wouldn't have counted. So the question was, did I think Tatum hit the ball or not? Okay. Well, Tatum being the ultimate cheap shotter. <laughs> Tatum clearly hit the ball. The question no, is, did it, a hit lot the, of dispute. did it hit the stealer first, though, was the question. If the second hits the stealer first, and, and I then don't think that's if, true. If it hits Tatum simultaneously, like a split second later, then it's it, it's an illegal forward pass. But well, it wouldn't have been an illegal forward pass. Well, it would have it would not have counted. It would have been a double. It would have been a double. It would have been a double. You know, bat or whatever. Well, let's think about this. Let's say the guy catches the ball, gets hit, and the ball bounces up in the air. Someone could have caught it then. You know what? It doesn't matter. That it's... I don't think it could by the rule. I think once it touches an offensive player, you can't have another guy catch it. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Now, last time Fez kept going, I turned on Fox Sports Radio randomly. Now, do you want me to have <laughs> no. to do that? All right. But here's the thing. It really was the beginning of what mattered most to Pittsburgh, really, mm-hmm. in the history of the city, is the Steelers' run from then till now. But especially, they won a Super Bowl in 75, 76. They got rooked in 6, 77, 78. Well, I, I guess you'd say 74, 75, the seasons were, I guess. And then it was 76, 77, they didn't win. Then 78, 79, they won. Only team to win four and six, Faz. Did you know that? Belichick, nah, didn't yeah. do it. 49ers, no. Mm. Dallas Cowboys, mm. no. One team. Now, let's admit, it was the same team all four years. Mm-hmm. There wasn't free agency yeah. or, you know, or it wasn't as bad. But anyway, if you go to the Pittsburgh airport, you ever fly into Pittsburgh? Not that it, oh, not that one, I recall. There's I don't one recall. statue. Ar- 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 nope. Macular reception. Yeah. Oh, Franco. It has Franco leaning yeah. down and it has With it the like. the ball touching the ground? No, he didn't. I tell you this, it was an athletic play like crazy. The way he's but isn't it amazing that there's there's no footage of like it being like the good like an angle of seeing it whether it hit the ground or not. It didn't hit the ground. It didn't hit the ground. Yeah. I think the that yeah, that was never in question. But what a great call that was. And he goes and it's caught out of the air. Yeah. Oh my God! I, that just brought back. But memory. it goes to show that Franco Harris, the consummate professional, didn't give up on the play. Was hustling down the field. Who knows what might happen? You know. And, and Franco was not beloved, and and he was beloved for that play. Mm-hmm. He went out of bounds. He made a lot of business decisions. Oh, okay. Uh, right. well, I, I tell you, growing up, you know, I was a real little kid. I can remember I was like three years old, four years old for mm-hmm. the first Super Bowl. And a, a friend of my dad's, Tony Legon, who was a Vietnam vet like my dad, and he, but he, he was like, my dad was in the Navy. Tony was, uh, uh, you know, on the ground, infantry, right? So, you know, it kind of, you know, had an effect on him, I think, my, based on what my dad said. But he made beef stroganoff. It was like, and then he'd come, I remember that, and then he'd come for Super Bowls a lot. I'd go, make beef stroganoff. And I was like, you know, 10, 11. <laughs> He's like, maybe next year. It was always, you know, but uh, that, that, that was, Tony Legon hated Franco, hmm. hated him, because he said he always went out of bounds. He wanted someone to, like— hmm. He Earl, wanted Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. Yeah. It would be something if there was a special play in this game that was, you know, very similar, you know? We're what? so close to the anniversary, and after Franco's But we're passing, not going to see that special play because we're going to see the soft Raiders go in there and shiver on the sideline, lose 27-10. to 10. You know what would be similar to this is if the Lions make the playoffs this year— and if somehow they win the first playoff game. I mean, because mm. Pittsburgh hadn't been in a long time. They were an up-and-coming team. Mean Joe Green in 69, first yeah. pick from North Texas State. The mean Green. Mm-hmm. Then Terry Bradshaw, pretty good start. 
Franco was the first pick in 72. He was a rookie. That, and, well, actually, I think it was 71. I can't remember. And Goff is kind of like how Bradshaw would. 75. Okay. Goff is kind of like Bradshaw in some ways. Like, I know Bradshaw was a rookie, but I'm saying just as far as, like— like. Well, no, in 72, Bradshaw was in his third year. But he was kind of workmanlike. They're winning, you know, with them, not because of him. At, well, here's 72. the thing. All quarterbacks were workmanlike until the Mel Blunt rule. Oh, yeah. Did you know about this? No. Look at, look at the—McKenzie, pull up the average yards passing per game in 77, then 78. Because Mel Blunt, who was in the Hall of Fame, steal a cornerback, in my opinion— if I was redrafting the Steelers, all-time team, I would take Mean Joe Green first. He could play today, Mean Joe, and Mel Blunt second. Mm. Mel Blunt was like six three, could run with any receiver at the time, and they had the Mel Blunt rule. He because you could chuck all the way down the field. Mm -hmm. He, he would blanket. I mean, the guy would, if he was on his feet after the play, you were lucky. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they, it's literally called the Mel Blunt rule. You can't chuck after five yards because he was so good. And that's when Bradshaw really stepped up. I got you. And then all of a sudden, the Dan Fouts and the Dan Marinos go yeah. nuts so in the 80s. And, and the AFL had some throws. So yeah. what was the numbers, McKenzie? 1977, 140 yards passing. 1978, 160 yards passing. I know. Was that the big jump? Maybe I have the year off by one. Like if you look at 1979, 180 yards passing. It actually jumped 20 years, 77, 78, 79, and 80, about 20 yards per year. Got Probably to because the NFL old school fossils, we got to run the ball. You know, they didn't well, adjust Earl Campbell fast was right there at the same yeah, time, right, yeah. with Dan Pastorini. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> he got I, old fast. <laughs> well, Pastorini? Oh, yeah. So in 2028, the Lions will be celebrating their fourth Super Bowl championship is what you're saying. <laughs> no, because I don't expect an immaculate reception because they don't have Franco Harris, mother, <laughs> ever. All right, so I like this play. Um, again, it's to me, it's listen, the power ratings are going to be right most of the time, right? And if they're not, they're going to get gobbled up pretty yep. quick. You're, you're, what I think, people talk about how hard it is to win NFL sides. I'm not saying it's easy, but to me, the way to win it is fading the public but even that's so much harder than it used to be because they don't sure. let the public affect the line as much. Look at the Vikings. They're an 11-win team, and nobody's, the public's not supporting them. Or they're not supporting them enough to offset the wise Feels guys. like the public will be on the Raiders. I also think the following. It's so much easier to win early in the season. I In every sport. Yeah, every but I think NFL sport. more than it used to be. Although, I will say, I think college, the Bulls might be different. That's the one time where like it's, the, it's a double tail. Beginning of the year and end of the year. Well, see, to me, the bowls are interesting because I think the the transfer portal changes everything. Oh, especially it, it, this year. Yeah, but it's 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 a disaster now because you can. What was the first bowl game where uh, the nation's leading rusher, no indications of him opting out, all of a sudden, right before the game, he's not wearing pads, mm -hmm. and you're like, uh, great bet, you know. <laughs> now here, here's the thing. I mean, every in theory, everyone except the sh uh, the real syndicates are going to be playing mm -hmm. on the same field there, you know, meaning you're going to miss some of those, you're going to get some right. Yeah. I think this thing with Saban, and we won't talk about now, I know you guys are going to be talking about it yeah, next week, yeah. but this this thing where he got, like, maybe a top, you know number one pick in the draft, potentially, playing in a bowl game that's not even a playoff game? What's going on there? Insurance. I know, but still, I just love this. Say, I mean, everyone's like, yeah. Well, maybe he's, maybe... Saban, with his connections, knows that he's not the number one overall pick, and selling him that if he does play we and play well, the, we don't even know who the, the number, number one, one who has the number one pick. The right? Texans. Oh, maybe they play pretty well lately. I, I'll tell you this though: every other coach is like, 
uh, I I respect the kid's right to it's it's a profession and his livelihood's at stake and he's got to feed his family. I mean, it's like you should be mad if you're a coach and say we worked this hard. Now this pussy's, yeah. you know, the bulls have changed. I'm not saying that. Yeah, the bulls have changed though. Coaches use these games now as Practice the start them. of next season. I know. I know. I just why have something that no one cares about? That's like, why the playoffs should always be selected after the bowl games. As long as there's betting on, that's fine. After the bowl, but that's, that's how just you extended the season one more game. That's how you save bowl season. That's how you save. That's how you don't need to extend the playoffs. It's the best system for college football. You play your traditional bowl matchups. The bowl games become relevant again. People watch them because no players are opting out, and then you select the teams well, after the bowl games. Only teams that have a chance with one more win to make the playoffs. Sure. So right now, the number one pick odds, Bryce Young is is he the favorite? Yes. Plus a hundred, and C.J. Stroud plus one fifty. What's Will Levis? Plus three hundred. But take a you, flyer. Do you Will really Levis. want to go to Houston though? I guess you do. Houston's a pretty good team for. I mean, they're gonna be. Yeah. Great I mean, massages. That's the quite. <laughs> wow. That's been cleaned up, dude. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling, Franco. You know something. We took a break and tried to find that immaculate reception. The call that everyone's familiar with, you can't find on the internet. I'm going to do that Christmas Eve, I think. (laughs) Any closing thoughts, boys? Jack Tatum was a cheap shot artist. I'll tell you that. The ball did hit him, though. Poor Daryl Stingley's not walking today. (laughs) That was a cheap shot. You remember that, Fez? Oh, I remember. Guy goes up for the ball. He says, um, he apparently went for like the third vertebrae or something. It was a different world. Joe Turkey Jones picked up Bradshaw and literally give, a pile drove him into the ground, and he got 15 yards for it. And Bradshaw was out for a month, right? No, Bradshaw played that rest of that game. <laughs> Bradshaw was, listen. If there was any I think he broke his collarbone. And he played. Any quarterback <laughs> tougher than Bradshaw probably was Big Ben. Hmm. And I, you, yeah. I, you know, the, we always glorify the old guys. Big Ben's the toughest. I don't even think it's close. Uh, Brett Favre maybe was up there. Ben missed a lot, but he took a beating. Mm. And then he had a few uh, brushes with the law. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all? You he have teach his own. Well, not if he's accosting people. But Never I'm j- convicted of any felony. No dope. Oh, wait, that was Carlito's way. Next game. Okay, so we got the bill. This is my four-way. The nope. bill. Hey. Are we, are we not going to do my, my five-weight? I'm only 60% on the year with my five-weight bets. Are you going to skip over Did it? He, wasn't your five-weight a crossfire with Fez? No, that was my four-weight. No. All right, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, like, you should let me do my best bet. I'm nine it, and six. Is it a good You have the conch. <laughs> go ahead. Good pick. I think it's the best bet of the week. All right, go ahead, baby. The Tennessee Titans laying three points at home against the Houston Texans. Yes, Tennessee has lost four straight games. It's the first four-game losing streak under Mike Vrabel. This is, uh, what do they call it, Un- uncharted waters uh-huh, uh-huh. for this team? Historic. Historic. And no Ryan Tannehill, which is why this line has significantly dropped. But From that's, seven. But that's okay. If we look at this game of where our power ratings at pregame.com mm-hmm. have both of these teams, Tennessee – is minus 0.2. Houston, minus 6.4. That is a 6.2 gap between the two teams. Mm -hmm. The game is in Nashville, where there is a significant weather impact in this game. It's going to feel like it is 6 degrees 
14-mile-per-hour winds with 29-mile-per-hour wind gusts. I would argue that that is going to favor the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry running the football versus the Houston Texans, who are the 30th-ranked EPA against the rush in the NFL. I am going to give a full three points for home field for the Titans at home against an indoor team in the Houston Texans. Well, oh no, you're not really giving it for home field. You're saying there's home field and then there's extenuating circumstances. Sure. I Let, just, let's do it that way. But I believe this spread should be higher than the 6.2 gap. And if you look at the look ahead line, it was actually 8.8. We're talking a drop now from 8.8 to 3 just because of Malik Willis? You know what dawns on me? If he was in court defending himself, he would talk in his cadence. <laughs> like you never talk like this, but, but, but when just, you do a handicap— you, But let me—because I'm leaving room for you to, to, to interject here. I, I got no problem doing that. <laughs> so we're dropping this spread by 5.8 points right, so let's, from let's Malik add, What's the drop? Four and a half points from Tannehill to Malik Willis. That's not 5.8, is it? No, it's not. Now— these two Your teams, Honor, I object. These played earlier this season. And who was the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans in that game? Malik Willis. We had the Titans as a one-point favorite on the road in Houston with Malik Willis at the quarterback position. What has changed? Oh, Tennessee's lost four in a row. Okay, and, and Houston's gone on to win all these games? Well, I mean, let, well, hold on. Let's be candid here. Is Houston has played about as good a two games as you— I mean, they've covered the spread effectively by, what, uh, seven, like 21 points in two games? Yeah, they're an 18 and a 14-point dog, and they lost twice by a field goal. I bet against them both times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and there were powerful— tr- They got outgamed by 300 yards last week. There's powerful trends on um, teams laying more than 10 points late in the season. It's like— only team. I mean, it, it, it's it's strong. You know, this Houston has been remarkably consistent. This is really remarkable. They're they've won one game. They're power rating right now. They're a half point worse than where they were to start the year. How is that possible? They also. <laughs> How much mean, have you upgraded them in the last two weeks? Uh one point. Total. Just, just one. Even oh, without their starting right. running back, Damian Pierce. That's why he's now done for the year. That's why oh. they've only been one. Okay, yeah. but that, see, that's an offset. You guys, yeah, I know. This. You got to stop that. But, because it's hard to know whatever anything is. But that so, is a great point that they're losing Pierce like uh, in cold weather is an even bigger deal. And the Titans have the number one EPA defense against the rush in the NFL. So if this is going to be a running game, I'm certainly going to back the Titans. Last time these two teams played, Tennessee out yarded them 354 to 161. Derrick Henry, 32 carries for 219 yards and two touchdowns. Tell me how this game winds up any different than that game. I mean, I think Tennessee is so injured. Yeah, I, defensively. I, I yeah. mean, you know, more so. But I mean, this Tennessee team is is playing bad. Well, that Jacksonville game in particular, where uh, Tennessee was just so crippled, the Jacksonville just just punked them all over the field. We're talking about know? season on the line at this point now. Let now, me... now, now, I'm going to address that. This, I'm going to disagree with this. I don't think this. I think this game, I can make a case, is meaningless for Tennessee. And here's why. Tennessee has a well, let me make my point. Tennessee has a one game lead in division. Mm-hmm. All right. They beat Jacksonville the first time they played. Mm-hmm. All right. If they win week eighteen against Jacksonville, they win the division. These next oh, two no, wait, if they lose the next two games and Jacksonville wins. Then they'll be a game behind. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be if they beat Jacksonville, they'll tie and they'll have tie well, breaks. I'll go to five thirty eight. I mean what you're That's saying, correct. Per five thirty eight. So so if they win or lose, there's no real adjustment. Yes. 
Well, there, there, there is no, an adjustment. There is an adjustment. They go from 45% to make, to win the division to 30%. But if you just pencil in, they win week 18. Fez is right. They clinch. Okay, but if they win here and lose week 18, they, they're they in the same spot. So they got to win one of the next two is what you're saying. If they, or if three. they, win, if they win week 16 and 17, mm-hmm. it's possible that they clinch. Okay, because if Jacksonville but loses But what happens the game, if they lose next week? If they if 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 they go one and one the next two weeks, they're probably going to have to win week eighteen to get in. Fine, but yeah. what I'm saying is, if if you got to win one of the next two to control your own destiny, why don't you win the first one? They don't need to win either. They can lose them both. Doesn't matter as long as they win week eighteen, they're in. So do do that, Mackenzie. Have Jacksonville win every game except the last week, and have Tennessee lose lose win. So have Jacksonville win win lose, and the Titans clinch. Okay, so and there's no scenario; it doesn't have to wait on anything else. It's 100. percent Yes. What if they lose that game to Jacksonville at the end of the year? All right. So <laughs> and then they're out. Well, I, well, well so, then so they, break, they might be. They might get in if they win week 16 and 17. Right, so exactly. Go, I'm sorry. That's, go win, win, and uh, uh, let's think. If it's loss, loss, we didn't do that one, right? If they go win, win, lose. They they probably have like a 65. They go win, win, lose. 64. But have Check Jacksonville math, have Jacksonville go win win lose. So what is it that? I think you want you, you said both teams are gonna lose week eighteen. No, I had uh Tennessee winning. Well as long as Tennessee wins week eighteen, they clinch. Right. Okay. So wh- where's the where's the variable at? The then? variable is that if if Tennessee wins week 16 and 17, mm-hmm. they force Jacksonville to win okay. both. Okay. So go win win and then have Jacksonville go lose lose. Have Jacksonville go lose win and then Tennessee clinches cuz they'll get a two game lead going into week 18. They have a one game lead right now. Okay. I I guess what I'm saying is I don't understand how you're saying there's a way they can clinch and not even need to win week 18, but they have to win here and you're saying it's a meaningless game. I mean, it's not a meaningless game, all right. but it's not the most important game. They know already week 18 is the key game. Let's talk about this line. This line doesn't make sense to me. There's injuries. There's a backup quarterback. But right now, this is pretty much saying that, ten- that Tennessee is the 31st best team in the league. Yes. Do you? Is that what you have them ranked? No, I've got them 29th. So... Pretty close. Yeah, I got him a point and a half better, though. So the, that's that's the ultimate question here. Is Tennessee the second-worst team in the league, only behind Houston? No. With the backup quarterback? Still no. Right. That's that's the whole debate. We can mm-hmm. him and Hall all this Who's stu- better, Atlanta, Indianapolis, or Tennessee? Tennessee. I think Atlanta's like 22nd or 23rd. Yeah. I mean, you, you just bet Atlanta over Pittsburgh, right? The, the... Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think Atlanta's – I mean, I don't know who the – No, word. I've got Denver, Atlanta, and Indianapolis clearly better than Tennessee. So, right Chicago's now. better than you thought. Chicago, got yeah, they're better. <laughs> yes. They don't win. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's – well, they only need one more win. I, Might not get it. Yeah, you're right. That that would be a real sin. Um, I, I don't see anything else that matters. I mean, is – how good is this team? And what's the motivational issues – only question no, is the matchup. He's saying the rushing oh. and the frozen tundra in Tennessee is a big matchup advantage, which I agree with. Okay, I accept that. Yeah, you got Derrick Henry against the the worst rushing defense in the NFL. I'm on board with this. I I think a one dimensional um, right. No one stops Derrick Henry who, who can't stop the run and with cold weather. It's a trap. It's a trap game. 
<laughs> no, I'm being serious. It's like they are begging you to take Tennessee. Begging. Do you do you want to do what they're begging you to do, Fez? God no. I know there's a lot of people that think they're smart and they say there are no traps. Well, define what a trap is, right? Is I can promise you, I've talked to enough bookmakers, Fez, you can tell me if you agree. If they feel like that they can make something particularly appealing to the public and still keep it where it's a 50-50 prop, they, they're going to do that because they want more action. Everyone talks about splitting action as if it's always the same amount of action. The amount of action means a ton, and thus can you get more action with a different line but still be winning if they go lopsided on that game. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong? Right. And I want to ask, Malik Willis, he played for Liberty. I don't know where Liberty It's in the South somewhere. Virginia. Virginia. But, uh, hold on a second. Who, at the line of three, where do you where do you, they, you think the money's going to come in at? They're going to take a blizzard of money on Tennessee minus three. And thus they, they're saying bring they it want, on. Bring it on. Bring it on. I know what they're saying. They're saying all the all of our professional betters bet plus five, four, and plus three and a half. So bring on the minus three. Well, bring that's it because on. they all bet it because they got inside information on the Tannehill news. Yes. Because the plus, if you five, around, the plus five, but not on the plus, not on the plus three around, and a half. If you look around, like the Tannehill news is not anywhere. No, I accept it's that. It's just like but what there's I'm a saying local is, Tennessee but, reports. Now, I, now we're seeing reports that Tannehill season's over. A vast majority of the action. No, it's oh, the season's over. Yeah, Tannehill's out for the year. Now that's interesting, because does that demoralize the team? No, know what that says. I, I hate to like preempt like discussing this game. We got to bet Jacksonville to win the division. I know, well, I know, I know that they were like plus one fifty, and now we're gonna have to lay minus one ten. But I still think well, it's good. if bet. you can get one ten, it's great. It's one forty five right uh, now. So yeah. it's it's what it, what it's showing you is, you know, and we saw the same thing um, with Philadelphia, right? And and Hertz is a lot of markets down the road moved in a way that tells you this is maybe more serious. That's a great point. Yeah, because yeah. here, so so here we've literally had a hundred cent move. On this th- th- this information, it seems right with this week eighteen showdown. So give the break even percentage minus one fifty plus one fifty just to give an idea of the import. Of it. Right. So Jacksonville was forty percent to win the division before the Tannehill news, and now they're being valued being you know close to sixty percent to win the division. It's double. Just saying, fifty percent. <laughs> well, no, you're saying it. Oh, I'm sorry, it's fifty percent more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm at fifty percent. But I think this. Sorry. Is, I think <laughs> I was trying I, to be too funny. I think this yeah. is the game, though, that they'll have the easiest time preparing for because Malik Willis prepared already for a week as the starting quarterback against this Houston Texans team. Now that's an. So excellent, he spent a whole week. That is an excellent. Spent point. a whole week of preparation in the film room, watching the Texans, breaking down the How Texans. How about Houston got to see him? Sure, that could be an advantage for Houston that they saw him for a week. But in that game, they just ran Derrick Henry thirty-two times. Did we not go under? Don't we play under? How's Houston's not going to score, and all, all Tennessee's going to do is, is get five yards of carry all the game. Total's over. 35 and a half. Boy, you get that low. It just takes one five. And, and Malik Willis is going to – remember, let's go to what they all did turnovers. Against, against Kansas City. It was run mm. the ball or throw go routes, mm. right, which was fairly effective. They only needed, like, a pass interference. You know, I think until they can crack that, and then you run them on a few – but are they going to run them now? Who's the third string quarterback? Right? Don't even know. I'll get that. I mean, I guess he's not good. Uh, they signed Josh Dobbs. Yeah, not good. Yeah. So it's like maybe they squad. don't. Do they run him as much? Mm-hmm. Boy, I tell you, I like under Malik Willis running yards, rushing yards. Think about it. If they're if they're favored here, if they if they're up by ten, which is very possible, you think they're running him? So in that last game that they won seventeen ten, uh, Malik Willis had five carries for twelve yards. 
Which tells me Houston <laughs> like him under for for pass yards also. He was six of. But 10, you're right; they could hit a go route. Six of it's ten true. passing for 55 yards. They only attempted ten passes the whole. Game. I, I like pass attempts under, and I like rush yards under. Well, with but the they weather, could, they're not going to attempt they, any passes. Yeah, but they could hit a big one. See, that's what confuses me. Who wouldn't think they're not going to score? Like going under under rush or a pass yard. It all seems like what like a, a smart eighth grader would think. Yeah, but the problem is you got to price 112 college basketball games, and you've got all these bowl games, and now you've got all these NFL games. And everyone's already betting them. And now you got to put up all this product, and it's just you just it's just too hard. It's right. too much work. So the computer just spits out the season long averages. Season long averages. And averages and and maybe, maybe they make a tweak at five yards when it should be. And, and are these yards. are these props getting hit? Immediately, I mean, I know the Sunday morning ones are, but like, yeah, when what they happens? Come, they come out Wednesdays mm-hmm. typically at DraftKings and FanDuel and the East Coast shops, and then they get annihilated. Annihilated. But are people like waiting there for them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, the question is, is it even pertinent until that first? I mean, unless you're there, you know, chomping at the bit or champing, as someone said. And then it's, and then you got to have a, a documented loser guy. That has full limits because all the, the the people who are winning have had their limits cut to the bone. Fine, I'll go back there and place the Scott. Best. You got to get to Arizona. <laughs> all right. Now, are you done with your best bet? I'm done with my best bets. Case closed. So you you had the trap game of the week is your best bet. Yep. Fez likes it. I mean, listen, maybe I have too much respect for the bookmaker. I just know it's hard to win. That's all I know. My four weight coming up, but first. Chicago Bears plus eight and a half against the Bills. This is a trend play to end all trend plays. In fact, I had Chicago in a trend play last week. It was 23-0 Fez's trend before it lost the same bet with Philly the week before. So it was one in 23. And then it was again last week. Do you think I did I blanch? Mm. No, I said fire. Mm-hmm. And we barely won. Um, but we won. This week, it is a post-Buffalo-Miami trend that is going to blow. I shouldn't even give this out. That's how good it is. It's that good. So this is— uh, Don't bu- look Don't look at the screen. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm just clarifying. Either of you. You said post-Miami. So this is the Bills— here's a, here's a scenario. Yeah. The Bills play at home Okay. against the Dolphins. All right. Which the they ne- do once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Next week, Bills do poorly. Now, there's 31 games in the sample. Give me what you think, Fez, would be outside. Like, this would be like, wow. It's this? 31 games. 22 game. and 9. Mm-hmm. I was going to say 21 and 10. Mm-hmm. 4 and 27 against the spread. <laughs> you, you know what, what? I'm embarrassed to say that's just beyond statistically significant. Here? It's uh, only nine points per game. I, I, I got I to give an attribution here. All right, uh-huh. So I used to belong to this Tuesday group. And- well, hold on a second. I just gave the trend of trends, and your theory is you're going to try to taunt me right now? No, I'm going to reinforce. Go ahead. So one of the members of our Tuesday group— well, I heard you say attribution. I thought it couldn't be me. He was not— the he was not a professional gambler. He was not the sharpest guy in our group. Well, you didn't think any of them were, friend. Some of them were you darn. Were, no, you, that's where you became a hated person. Was that Tuesday? I, I, I love possibly so, but I love <laughs> I love Bill Ritchie. And like, Big what, Ritchie was what, like that was last year. No, no. I heard a story about you. I didn't know you at this point. Is supposedly you came in and said no one's allowed talking unless 
were you saying you should decide who gets to talk or how, how did it go? It would take like eight hours. Oh, I'm sure you had an excuse. It would what? take like eight hours to me and they'd say, well, all right, we're going to start with the first game. And then everybody go around the circle and everybody would talk for 10 minutes about each other. Would they talk game. like in Scott's voice? And then I'd be like, why don't we just have everyone present their best bets so we can like like not be here for eight hours? But it was more than that. You were trying to dictate who could comment on I certain- was trying to change the format. So you could talk as much as you wanted, but no one else could. I just wanted to change. You were the trying problem. to help them. You were trying to help them. And how do I even know this story? All I know is I was trying to talk more about advantage betting techniques, and they just want to go game by game. Do you realize they're very lonely, those people? I don't know about that, but let me get back you don't to know Glenn. about that. You think they had a bustling family life? Well, Glenn, <laughs> Glenn is from Buffalo, and he actually said, "Listen, guys, for whatever Who reason, cares about this." You do. All right, listen, ahead. listen, right, listen, Mr. Bell. I'm just hoping you get to. You're it. gonna learn something. Listen, right, I want to learn. He says, for whatever reason, I'm from Buffalo. We hate Miami. That's our biggest rival. We that's the game we get up for. And whenever we play yeah, Miami, you want to bet Buffalo against Miami, and then you want to fade them the next week. And this was ten years ago that Glenn was saying this. And you and now the trend you've discovered supports what the man was saying. Four and twenty-seven, eight point nine four points, and. It fits perfectly. There's no tighteners. There's no nothing. How do you tighten that? You no. don't. You're pretty blown away. That's when I pull out a trend, Scott. That's strong. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Not like well, I'll do you one better. Not, the not Bills are two and, eight, two and six ATS in their last eight games oh, overall. Well, damn. It's a double whammy. <laughs> Ooh, that's good, too. <laughs> now, 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 I will say this. I do think the Bills have, are not as good. I mean, like there, there's been— Clearly not as good. I mean, there's been something amiss. I mean, I was, let's be honest, I was trying to push pretty hard for Miami plus seven and a half. I didn't take it in my contest either, Fred, so I'm not going to blame So they you. had a streak of four games where the Buffalo, where they outgained their opponents, but they outscored their opponents by like an average of one point per game. I mean, it was just like they became an average team after this was after the Josh Allen injury when it got banged up. And it doesn't feel like it's turned around. No. And I mean, I don't know the cause of it, but if we let's look at that EPA chart again. Last thing here, it's going to back it up. Is um, you know, I got a professional better that that texts me like he passed posts it, of course. But like every time Buffalo doesn't cover, he says, "For the life of me, I can't understand why this team. Everyone still thinks that Buffalo is like the elite team in the NFL. They stink." So as you can, as you guys can see here, is they started out like gangbusters. They had a, a dip where they lost those couple games. Then they went up for a little while to about plus fifty EPA points. And they've been, they were at plus 50 EPA points for like four or five games. Like they were flat. They're like a jetliner leveling off at, at 10,000 feet, or I guess 30,000. But now it's been like four more games yeah. that they've been flat. So listen, remember, this is cumulated. So it's not average. So they've been playing like, it was kind of like a slightly above average team the last four weeks. Nothing yeah. more. And I don't love anything else about this game, to be honest. I don't like that Justin Fields got hurt again last week, which might make it. He's going to play, but maybe they're disinclined to run. Is he on the injury report? So, at Roto World, there's no new injury updates. I heard it discussed in multiple places that he got banged up a little bit. You know, here's the question they got their pick. It's not like some of these situations like the Rams, uh, Seattle, or I guess Denver. I mean, how motivated is Chicago to win right now? Like, they could have the number two pick, right? They have three wins. Yeah. I mean, Houston, it'd be funny. Houston could have won the last of course, two. Of course, they don't have to win. They just have to hang around. <laughs> um, 
Chicago, yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree, but I'm just saying I don't think you can. They have the worst defense in the league, right? Oh God, yes. Yeah. So you almost got to bat Chicago and over if you bet Chicago. I'm not betting over in zero degrees and yeah. wins. But zero is be worse than that. But doesn't the market account for that? Um, it will at post. I don't think it's accounted for yet. Yeah, open 41. Oh, wait till it's, post. Yeah, it's at 40 it, yeah. right now. So the weather's calling for four degrees at kickoff with a field temperature of minus 17. 23 mile per yeah, hour. So that's going to limit offense, which yeah. makes our points more valuable. And this is this is real important. And RJ has spoken about this m- numerous times. It's not the total still the, 40 in this game. The, yeah, the um, the scoring goes down in cold weather. Cold weather suppresses scoring. It's just that the market overreacts to it to yeah, the point I don't where there's. Know if I agree with that. I think extremely cold weather. Mm-hmm. It's got to be below 20. And uh, yes, anything in the 20s is the weather's not the cold isn't the issue. It, it's a minor issue. It's not significant. It doesn't repress scoring. It might hurt certain teams generally. It, it's team-by-team team basis. I think that's good. It, across it, the it, league, it doesn't, though. Across the league, the scoring in the 20s is unaffected. Really? Yeah. I, but but once it hits a certain mm. – now, here's the thing. Most of the time that it's in the 20s, there's wind. Mm. And thus, oh, okay. it's the it's wind. It's correlation with the cold to the wind. Okay. It, 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 if, the, if there's no wind and it's cold in the 20s, you're good. Okay. If anything, I like over it. Hard to tackle. I, I just imagine. Really hard to tackle in the cold. And I also think hard to catch the football. I think these guys' hands are frozen. But at 20, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll just say, I don't say this often, but the data, I mean, there's been numerous studies on this. Like every fantasy site's done a study on mm-hmm. it. I mean, and there's academic papers on it. It's when well, I know the games go over in the 20s because the market overreacts to, oh, it's cold. But I'm talking about the scoring. Yeah. All right, but you know what? Next week it's going to be cold too. So I'll, yeah. I'll dust off. But that maybe, sure. you know what? Maybe, maybe there is a correlation because, like Fez says, it's hard to tackle. Maybe when it's cold, these guys aren't as inclined to be as physical. And so it could open up more scoring. You no, know, that's interesting because that's the same thing with persistence precipitation is you think it hurts the offense, but if it's slick, it hurts the defense. Yes, because the defense doesn't know where they're going. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but if there's wind and there's heavy wind. Well, now you're not passing, yeah. It's a huge factor. Sure. And it's it's invisible in a way, unless the, there's a real big but, flag. But here's, here's the thing. We saw Josh Allen play in the windiest game in, in history and throw the ball all, all around the field. Well, they, they got beat like 6-0 <laughs> yes. like Patriots did it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what do they do now in this game? Do they go to that same game script that they did against the— I think, it's an, they adva- learn from I think it's an advantage, for sure, to have the strongest arm in the league. Yeah, yeah. A guy that can run the ball— and remember, the Bills have the number one seed at stake. I mean, one more loss. That's a good point. Kansas City, if you look at their first quarter, they have one of the best EPAs. Second quarter, one of the best EPAs on offense. Third quarter, one of the best. Fourth quarter, they're like in the 20s. Hmm. Okay? So you can think, that's horrible, right? Okay. But in close and tight games, which is a uh, football outsider stat, they're actually like number two. So think about it. They're good in the first, like great in the first, great in the second, great in the third, and great in tight and close games, which is the fourth. What's it's all about le- motivation. It's, it's only blowouts. Mm-hmm. And we've seen now for multiple years they lose these games like the Houston last week, or they don't cover. Right. And But I do think that people are sleeping a little on Kansas City. I mean, no one has that profile of – for you know, top three, top three, top three, top three, effectively, except for when it's a blowout. Because mm-hmm. when you look at fourth quarter, they look bad. But there's two kinds of fourth quarters, right? Sure. 
I think that's a fascinating point. It's got me a lot more in Kansas City just generally. And, and we always talk about Kansas City being the on-off switch team if there is one. That when they need it, they always can switch it up. This year felt different because it was without the cheetahs, you would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, no, this is interesting. If you do a 30-70 filter, so we're giving a lot of garbage time, right? We're saying we're giving you the sweet 40 in the middle, and then we're taking off the top 30 and the bottom 30, right? which is just a team's win percentage uh, chance at any given play. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Kansas City... All right, so what he did here, this is smart. He said, I'm going to make this such a big kind of garbage time that we're going to have competitive games effectively between 30 and 70. Kansas City's EPA is their first. It's double number three. So give this the top three. KC number one, Vikings very clutch number two, Bengals number three. And KC's double the Bengals. Yes, an EPA per play. So every snap, they make double as many points. (laughs) Wow. So... It tells you as much as the fourth quarter is going to be. De- now, just do fourth with no garbage time. See, this to me is why. Kansas City's going to win the Super Bowl. I should have a better record than AJ, but I don't. Well, you don't get to bet when the quarter's starting in the fourth quarter. So. <laughs> well, but that tells you things. So where, where's Kansas City at? They're 10th. Yeah, see, that's interesting. It's funny, just real quick. I was reading some, I'm doing a lot of stuff with McKenzie and. and it's good. I'm happy. And we're going to put some stuff out soon. Um, I was reading a lot of Football Outsiders' old posts about their method. I like to gleam stuff. And back two, three years ago, I think it was three, Aaron Schatz made a big change. Is He said, we are going to now account for the dome. Now, they always kind of discounted the offenses in a dome by a little bit, saying it's easier in a dome. But for some reason, they didn't give advantage to the defenses that played in a dome. If you're going to disadvantage the offense, you got to say, well, defense has a disadvantage, mm. right? And they didn't, but then they did, right? It was just a quirk. Mm-hmm. And when they did, there was one team, like think about the Lions, you know, all the dome teams, right? They're playing eight plus games in a yeah. dome. One team, I think it was Tennessee, which wasn't even a dome team, but I don't remember who. Their defense went from the 24th on the year. This is like 10 years ago, right? To the 8th. So everyone's saying, trust the numbers. Trust the numbers. No one that quoted, how many times you hear, well, DVOA said, I mean, AJ's a champ at that. DVOA says, which I like referring to good quality numbers. But we're acting like God came down from the mountaintop with Moses and said, here's the Ten Commandments. And by the way, here's DVOA for the week. <laughs> and it's like when a change, if I would have asked a thousand people that quoted DVOA how they handle stadium, enclosed stadiums or, you know, domes, would three have known? Five, maybe? Mm-hmm. So the other 9,995 were talking about gospel to an opaque black box. Mm-hmm why the crash happened in 2009. It really is. Everyone thought, oh, math is on my side, except the math was wrong. Mm-hmm. That's it. I should have just came in for that. Anything else? Well, with, that, this game? with, with that trend, I'm betting Chicago. That's it's strong. Makes sense. This is AJ's four weight as well, and my one weight. So Fez, he's going to beat you up on that. No, how much? Every game he's over, how much does he make? I don't know. No, he didn't bet anything with you. Like zero point zero. You gotta let the guy have some fun, though, yeah, right? There you go. I mean, you get all sour. Um, 
Okay, so we actually didn't do AJ's five. Should we wait for the end? Like, a re- let's do that. Let's reveal it because he's because he's got the best five weight record. So yeah, he's doing great. Suspense. I think he's. I, I'm surprised you even sent him. You know, I always dreamed this is never going to happen of winning the super contest, leading by si- not the goal by six games entering the final week. Not even submit. No, just do live stream flipping coins. Yeah, and answer it or something. Oh, like so leading to the point where yeah. you have you have the win locked up. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen, but. You remember Spicoli had the dream when he was yeah. surfing? It'd be like that kind of thing. Now, many thought cut, cut back Atkins was yeah, the was guy great. to beat. Yeah, that was great. It sounded like the announcers <laughs> we were listening to in the 70s. And then he goes, and then I think I'm going to jet on over to England with making the Stones. <laughs> anyway. Where'd you get that jacket, man? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. He knows the movie. All right. <laughs> so, no, that's a great movie. Is um, You know, that's from a book that's out of print. It's like a thousand bucks to get the... And Cameron Crowe wrote the book before really? the movie mm-hmm. came out. Um, there's actually... You know, I like Bill Simmons a good bit, but he had a great interview with Cameron Crowe about six, eight weeks ago, and they were talking about the history of uh, Almost Famous was going on Broadway, I mm-hmm. think. Have you seen Almost Famous? Uh, yeah, long, long time ago. One of my top ten movies of the century. Yeah, Ooh, century. I, yeah. Uh huh. Rolling Stone. That and um, the Saints in Newark. No, the Saints. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wait for AJ's, and we're gonna play Blossom before. You know, this is a a crossfire with me and AJ. So he's not he he figures he can beat he's a he can wow. beat you and not even be his, here. His winning streak's about to end. But. He did record his pick for us, so that so what everyone's waiting for. We're gonna have him rasp, and he's. I, what's I, I? I haven't heard this. Okay, minus seven hundred. He coughs during the during the pick. I mean, no comment. Uh-huh. <coughs> Is this on? <coughs> I mean, oh my god, I gotta hear. In fact, we'll go one more game and then do that. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, what's next? Let's go to. So we're not doing his five. We're, correct. Right. Let's go to uh, our, your three weight and AJ's two weight. The Detroit Lions over the Carolina Panthers. So he's on my side. Okay. He's on your side. So you should feel good. What's yeah? What's <laughs> what's Carolina's playoff odds? Twenty three percent. I don't like that. All right, I got two words. Sam Darnold. They they they've been trying to avoid. He's not throwing the ball. It's like they've gone single wing. I, I think it, the first week it was a little effective. Steelers shut it down like no one's business. Dominated. Dominated. And Steelers got a decent deal. It's not that great. I just, I, and, and to some degree, it, it just feels like Carolina's been holding on. They feel like uh, Jason from the Friday the 13th series. They can't kill the guy, you know. But I think he's still alive, though. Yeah, well, for sure. I don't know if that analogy is It went good. straight to Netflix. But that's what I'm saying. I'm a little frustrated. By it. But I'll be candid. Detroit is playing exceptionally well. And one of the things that, I mean, you were saying before the pod, Fez, you have them, what, fourth in the NFC? Yes. And, and this last week, this was the game they're supposed to lose. They're playing the Jets, contending team on the road. Games like Jets were a one-point favorite. Bad right? weather. Exactly. That's the, the there, Jets. There was sharp money on the Jets. It goes up to minus two. And Detroit, hey, you know what? They um, the people like, hey, they got that punt return. That was lucky. Well, they did get stuffed on the one on fourth and goal also. So I, I, I would argue they deserved a touchdown during that confluence of events. Um, either team could have won. Uh, Detroit's playing very well. 
Well, I mean, it's easy. It's too. It's trite to me to say any team could have won. We've got our numbers. Let's take a look at it. Um, I haven't seen these. So Carolina had a six percent chance against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And what game we were saying? The, the, oh, Detroit Jets. Detroit Jets. Okay. Now, yeah, fifty-five percent Detroit actually. Coin flip. Yeah. So I had the Jets. God darn it! I can't catch a break this year. What are we down? One game or two games? One game. I got to make it one game in three weeks, Fred. You don't want to be around me Friday and Saturday. I'm, I'm not going to lose. You're not going to lose. You're fine. All right. Icy Maybe calm. you can take five minutes and give me some time on Saturday Icy now. Calm. I know you're making all this like $1,000 here and there. At some point, maybe think of the big chat. I see calm. We'll make it happen. All right. And maybe AJ's. Yes. We got to use AJ. Maybe we just use AJ's five. It's a crossfire. Well, we though. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what we should have done. So what do you like in this game? I have nothing on this game. I made the game based on my power ratings, one and a half only. So I, I, I would lean to Carolina, but I my gut says Detroit wins again. So here's my thoughts. You talked about a trap spot with Detroit, with uh, the Titans, that uh, they want you to take the Titans at the three. This is the trap of all traps. You got the lines here and under a field goal. Seems like a gift, right? Well, hold on, hold on. That's how the squares to the squares. But that's thing. what you but said. Not the squares to the square. I'm saying that mo- everyone understands being on the road is, di- or most people understand being on the road is mm-hmm. different, and and they also understand that two and a half is games fall one, games fall two, mm-hmm. games tie. So you know anyone that says, oh, it's just pick the winner, you know, I don't. Th- I think if anything, the fact it's not three. <sighs> We got the dome team playing in the wintertime, mm-hmm. 22 what's, degree wind chill. That's the point I'm trying to make. What, what's here. the weather? 22 degree wind chill. Yeah. What's the field on the field? TJ Yates number. Uh, Clyde Yates or whatever his name is. My report says nine degrees. Oh, geez. I don't like that. It's a 21 degrees, feels like nine, 12 mile per hour winds at kickoff. That's not going to bother. You know, I don't know. I just think it's an energized team. And to be honest, it it fall it, it's when I have to pick five games a week, it's too many, right? So what I tend to do is I rever- occasionally I find these systems that are like sixty percent, and this was one of them. And I like playing a hot team late. I tell you, teams that are hot late tend to do better. We were looking at the chart today. As much as I'm a contrarian player, I think more favorites late in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, though not the last week of the year. I think the last week. That's is, a totally different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. So the theory is that the, the bad teams are Some looking of them, towards the end of the season already. Looking towards their own stats, perhaps. Or their contract the team incentives. I think what it is is injuries. Business I think some decisions. teams are injured. Some teams aren't. And it's a spectrum, mm. but the teams usually get hot are very healthy. Like, like I saw the Rams trying to tackle the Packers, and I got to tell you, some of their defensive backs and safeties did not look very engaged. But they played hard against Kansas City. It matters the game, yes. right? And I guess Carolina is still going to play hard. Detroit, it's a phenomenon. I mean, you, how excited is that team going to be going out on that field? Is there a young team? Eh. In that weather, though? I hear you. Are you impressed with Green Button? No, right. I have no feel for. I mean, I'm not betting on. Oh, Sam it seems Arnold. like you're playing Sam Darnold. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm not. No, no, I'm just we don't need devil's advocate. We need facts. We need bets. What's next? Oh, we're going AJ, right? <laughs> yes, AJ's best bet: the Green Bay Packers. You know Let- something? 
hold on. I got one last thing to say about this game. My name is Casper. We got it. That's all it took. I retired that out of out of pity for him last year. Why is he the friendly ghost? Because he was seeing ghosts. Oh, Sam Darnold? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a different player now. Well, he finally got over mono, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Here's AJ on, uh, I guess, his what's best his ra- What's his record again? What is it, 10 and 5? No. No, that's what yours is. No, mine was 9 don't, and 6. Don't try to bring him down. I your, thought it was 11 and 4. 11 your, and 4, even. To, yeah. To your, here's the exact numbers. Mr. A.J. Hoffman, college football specialist, 11 and 4 in his five weight. 11 and 4 in his four weight. 10 and 4 somehow on his three weight. You add that up, Fed, I'm going to do it real quick 32 and 12. 73%, 74%. Better than 55, 52.38. Good, good enough to cash. Now let's listen to that guy give his very <coughs> best <laughs> pick. I'm going to go with the Packers plus four at Miami. These are two teams headed in different directions right now. And the Dolphins' three-game losing streak, they are 21st in passing DVOA. First 12 weeks of the season, they were number one in that statistic. The league has figured out how to slow down to a – now they face a Green Bay defense that is seventh against the pass. You can run on Green Bay – That isn't what the Dolphins do. Look at the Miami Chargers games. Dolphins were facing one of the worst run defenses in the league. They ran the ball on just 38% of their plays, didn't get to 100 yards. The Dolphins are also tired. Two straight games on the West Coast, a trip to Buffalo to play in frigid temperatures, and now you go home and have to work on Christmas Day. Yuck. Chargers ran 79 plays of offense against them two weeks ago. The Bills ran 71 plays of offense against them last week. This D is gassed. And we've talked about this before. It's just too many points to give Aaron Rodgers. As a dog of more than three, Aaron Rodgers 61% in his career, and he is on an 8-1 and one cover run with seven outright winners. Matt LaFleur, 9-1 career catching more than three points. Packers plus four, my best bet this week. That sounded good. Suspiciously good. Talking about the he's handi- acting like he's sick? Or you're talking about the, his voice, not the handicap? I thought you were talking about the handicap. He, all I could think of when he said work on Christmas Day was, or you could just fake call off work. <laughs> I mean, what the oh, hell? Man. He sounds sick to you. He sounded great. Sound 100%, man. I mean, listen, listen to <laughs> me. Sound better than you and I all day long. <laughs> what the F? Uh, I sound call more him. congested than he does. Text him and tell him to get his ass down here. All right. I mean, seriously, did he sound normal to you? Sounded perfect. If anything, I think he just got done with a workout. <laughs> I heard him towing himself off. Maybe is it is it is it is his anniversary around this time of year or something? I don't know. There wasn't a lot of noise there in the background. A, let's so. be honest. There was a lot of histrionics with the what did he say? He pulled over on the way home to puke. Yeah, he was vomiting. Did he have to tell his I mean like I don't on believe, the highway. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm a skeptic. What do you think? Uh, I, I always believe people the first time. But now that you've heard But him, if he makes a second excuse, I don't believe it. Like could, you, get, you get one with me. I found that disrespectful. He could have fake coughed once. <laughs> I mean, if he just went... <laughs> maybe, maybe I edited it. Maybe he edited it out or I edited it out. He doesn't know how to edit, so you, it had to be you, and you would have never done that because you're smart enough to realize a fake cough was called for. 
Fez, I'm going to declare you the winner of that bet. Oh, wait. <laughs> he didn't even give a sign yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Any thoughts on this game? I couldn't get through all the numbers. It was crazy. You're pressing against I'm, it? I'm, I'm a three-star the other way. So, Oh, um, well, it's an automatic way. cross. I, I, don't, make your I don't understand. I mean, it, 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 from a simplistic perspective, Green Bay is a below-average team. Miami is an above-average team. I'm not on an island there. Uh, I think I'm pretty alone. I've got Miami three and a half points better. Where do where, where do our pregame ratings? Where do we have? We have Miami sitting here at one point three. So one point three better than average. Mm-hmm. And we have the Packers at they're a half point better. Half point. So point five. So we have what is that? We a, have the uh, Packers a point eight difference. So I am a little bit. Having I got Green Bay as a below average. I don't know what about Green Bay. I, like we talk about them improving. Their defense is still awful. They give up 5.6 yards per play. Well, the their, last... their defense is the only thing awful. They're, I mean, the, if you look yeah, at DVOA, for, enough, I right? think they're like ninth or but something. But their last three games, they've given up 6.2. They've gotten worse. And mm-hmm. they're the team on Monday. It's on yards per play. Yards per play. Giving up 6.2. That would be worst in the league. Um, so for the year. How many games were they worse over the span of? Last three games. Okay, wow. Uh, and they just got to play the Rams. A totally dead Ram team in the frozen tundra. Yeah, it was an impressive win on Monday Night Football. Everybody saw it. So I would argue that that's having an impact on this. I don't know about Miami being tired. I would argue Green Bay is tired because Miami played well, on— Well, let's think about this now. Miami, they said it was a rare thing, rare, that you had two games on the West Coast. But they stayed out there. They're, they hung out in eight days. So Still, they, that, that, you don't hang out. You've been on you, va- well, you, you, not even vacation. You've been somewhere where you're in a different place. It's it's a training camp. No one comes back from there energized. It's a better f- than flying back and then flying. No, it's true. It was yep. fatiguing. Then another road game. Now Buffalo, they're going right. So three straight road games with being three time zone away twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've, then a long trip in the same time zone. Right. The, but their last game was Saturday. And Green Bay played Monday night, so now we're now right, we're talking about right. two and a half day difference, and I think that mitigates the fact that they were out on the West Coast for for eight days. So I would have been on Miami Some. as a very heavy play for me if the weather was better in Miami, because I do think that late in the year there's a significant home field advantage that the warm heat. weather teams have, right. especially against cold weather teams. Now Green Bay coming after that Monday night playing in the frigid temperature, going down to South Beach. If this was going to be a 75 degree day in Miami. I would have been all over the Dolphins, but it's going to be in the 50s. It might be some rain. It's not It's not going to be a big advantage for Miami here against Green Bay. It still is an advantage in the sense that Green Bay has been living in 10-degree in frozen I agree. tundra. I agree. And, that's, and now that's they've, got, they've had this circled, yes. hey, I get to go to Miami and South Beach, and this is not a, a year Green Bay is going to make a run in the playoffs. This has a you know nice job on Monday night. Uh-huh. We're going to have some fun Saturday yeah, night. I, and I always think part of my handicap with these cold-weather teams going down to, to Miami late in the year is that even though their bodies are, you know, you just you, something happens to you physically when you enter into a warm weather, when you come out of cold weather, and your just, body just doesn't react. You don't have the same intensity. It's like this, something just clicks. Your, your body goes into vacation mode almost. And mentally. The endorphins kick in. Something happens. This yeah. is a break for, for, for Gray. This is a nice little now, vacay Tua for them to go there. Tua is much better at home than he is on the road. 12-4 and four ATS at home, 7-9-1 and one away from home in his career. And the Dolphins actually have the best home field advantage since 2006 against the spread. They are 33-18-3 and at home 
since 2016. Now, later in the season, November or later since 2016, 22-6-2 ATS at home. And Green Bay has a long history of going to California and going to, to, to Florida and really having horrendous games. When, yeah, it does feel like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers gets distracted. Yes, California. that's a great way to say it. Not necessarily the weather, but the distraction. When they go to a nice metropolitan area in the south, L.A., you know, um, I, Miami, they have trouble. I would say this. If we look at the playoff projector, <clears throat> it, it comes up that if they win out, Green Bay, they're going to be in, it looks like. You want to do that? that? Right? That's that's insane. 69% chance. Yeah. To think about if where their out. season was and to think that this is a possibility. So they've got Miami and then who, who, Minnesota? Yes, they're hosting Who has Minnesota, nothing to play for. Winnable division game. Yes. And then hosting the Lions Week 18. Winnable division game. That could be winning your end. That will be a game. I that, hope they win here. That will be. Could and be they'll, winning they'll, your end for both teams. So they'll be favored yeah. in those last two games, obviously. Is yeah. they're both home? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying here, they win this game, they're, they got to win two games as favorites. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, that is that is interesting. So so scrap the – although then again, does Green Bay feel like, oh, we really want to make the playoffs because oh, we God, can make yeah. a stand? Oh, God, yeah. It's redemption. Yeah. Because if you have Aaron Rodgers, you never yeah. know. I yeah. mean, remember, when they won it against the Steelers, they oh, were a wild card six. team. That's a great point. They, yeah. They were a wild card team. Now, do you get better odds? What What is this now, McKenzie? Plus 700 for the Packers to make the playoffs? Yes. Current odds to make the playoffs. 8% by 538. If you want to bet it, so yes, 12. plus 700. So like the cockroaches are short paying. So they put, the, they put the no pretty much at the true odds, typically. Exactly. Because yeah. who's going to tie up their money for... Would you for, be better off rolling over a money line for the next three weeks? You'd be better off betting something you have the advantage. Yes. You'd be, yeah, I, I'm, oh, I'm but sorry. Remember, I, in I, that I one, you guarantee when if you... I, I misinterpreted yeah. Scott's well, question. Well, because they got to win Scott's, the next three games to get the playoffs. Scott, my apologies. Your yeah. question was excellent, and I jumped the gun. Yeah. Yes, you'd be much better off just betting the money line in the three well, For a couple games. reasons. One, if they make the playoffs and you win the three games, yeah, you're not going to probably— Will you get better than 7-1? to one? Sure. So because... plus 160 this week. Mm-hmm. So this... now you're turning your 100 into 260. All right. Let's say next week against the Vikings, they're— Let, let Faz do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, Scott's, Scott's kicking ass so far. So you, so you start with your 100. Well, and... he read he read the uh, the money line for the— Well, yeah. well so the Faz one— do it. So seven, seven to one, we can pluck down our 100, we're going to win 700, we're going to wind up with 800. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's do a three-team parlay. So boom, we do the 100 plus 160. I think we'll get better than that, but 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 okay, we're at 260. Now they're going to be a three-point. Uh, let's see, they're going to be hosting Minnesota. Probably three because Minnesota's motivation is minus minus 150. So we'll make we'll pick up uh, 170, something like that, um, on the money line, and we'll wind up with like 430. Then we'll take the 430. They're playing Detroit. That Detroit probably two and a half. Yeah, it's not two. Two and a half. So we'll play the money line. You know what? Actually, I'm getting a comparable number. I will probably pick up like. But here's Two, the but here's the beauty. Here's the yeah. beauty. Here's the beauty. You win guaranteed if you win the three games here. It's only a sixty percent. That's the difference. Uh, yes, because I'm coming up short paid seven thirty versus the eight hundred. I'm like, what's the shortfall? Except you're getting paid hundred percent of the time. Ba- yes, because I'm losing sometimes when I go three and zero. That's the difference. What was the number? Sixty seven, uh, Mackenzie. Sixty nine percent. Yeah. So if you go sixty nine times that, yeah. it's way. It's like a minus two hundred bet, right? Yeah. 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 Good. I like it. You're learning. Thank you. All right. Next game? Does that sound good? So are you back at – where are you at now, net-net, with all the considerations, Fez, on this game? Seems like you were back uh, – AJ's shadow started looming large. The 
Maybe it wasn't he AJ. outside playing a racquetball or something. I don't know. I, you know, I'm concerned because I, I frankly <laughs> did not know Green Bay had a viable chance for the for the playoff run. This is I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've been Mr. Bronchitis the last nine days, hey, and normally I have all these playoff probabilities nailed. Five thirty-eight is convenient. The way you can just, you know, the only one I'm on top of is just because of the Jacksonville. I did want to mention with the Jacksonville, Tennessee, the bet to be really to be made when you found out about Malik Willis and everyone was betting plus seven, plus six, plus five, mm-hmm. plus four. You could have grabbed the stale Jacksonville to win the division, the derivative bet at plus 150. Just pulling back the curtain, I know it's gone now, but that was a bet that was really good. Um, you do it, and we've spoken about this numerous times, RJ and I. Oftentimes when news breaks and you, and you say you're in the shower, you didn't get it for an hour, look for the derivatives. Look for the ancillaries, the secondary markets. The they move slower. And now, though, yeah. the opportunity. Not one single thing. Ashes. It's all gone, Faz. So I'm not sleeping. I'm not as high on Miami because I was sleeping on the fact that Green Bay is viable. You were high on Robitussin. I I've been I've been you know what I the dreams I'm having. Put some <laughs> I, I gotta tell you this. Robitussin. Because you said you had dreams when you had COVID. I am popping this NyQuil and I am having the most freaking like like I don't do drugs. Well, you, I have I mean, dreams you do like the I lean, don't you? The lean. <laughs> well, you start with some Nyquil, add some Sprite, vodka. <laughs> then it gets interesting. That's what Jamar Russell liked. Really? It's a big thing. They put like a uh, Jolly Rancher in there. What? Yeah. Get, get the original, the real, but it's not. It's not Nyquil. No, that, it's cough syrup. I'm having it's psych- real cough. I'm having psychedelic yeah. dreams from the Nyquil. I've been right. taking Nyquil ever since last what Thursday. You, him doing acid would be. Uh, we could do a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> He'd come out bringing like, I don't care about money. I'm giving away my fortune. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. And then at the end, he goes, psych. <laughs> a mixture of Jolly Ranchers, Sprite, and codeine. That's the first result in Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. When that, I bought it also, so they had the, like, the damn counter. Th- th- are you still telling seconds. your story about NyQuil? Okay. Yeah, 18 <laughs> seconds. I'm buying the NyQuil. You know what the damn machine says? Age restricted. Yes. You've got to wait. I'm like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. I'm sick. I want to get home. I want to take my NyQuil. You look like Don Shuler's last year. I'm like, age restricted. <laughs> no one is helping me. Like, everyone, I'm like, I just take the money. I just leave it. I walk well, out there. Just, sir, just, sir. And I'm like, I'm, believe me, I'm 21. Well, good, good luck trying <laughs> to buy Sudafed. The rules don't apply to you, do they, Fez? No, they don't. <laughs> I'm sick. Now, how funny would it have been? And then we're moving on. The best meds are how how, fu- <clears throat> How funny would it have been <laughs> if Fez would have came up with his Nike one and said, "Where's your Jolly Ranchers?" <laughs> and you and you have a big, big golf cup. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. You guys got Sprite? <laughs> and like a two-liter Sprite, couple Robitussins, and he's asking for the Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> I've never done that, but they say that puts you down. Mackenzie, I mean, just based on the way you think, I'm thinking you've done it. No. Really? I missed that one in college. Damn. I don't think Yale had a lot of the lean going on. No. <laughs> Next game? Let's do— You guys have the stories fast? No. I told my phlegm story. I can relate. <laughs> Let's go uh, crossfire here between me and you, RJ. Ooh. Two weights. Philadelphia, Dallas. Uh, your honors. All right. Talk normally. First off, if Jalen Hurts plays, this line is a steal. It's not playing. Uh, he's out for he weeks. Has not been ruled out he's, yet. I'll give you. I'll give twelve to one. I do twelve th- to one. I don't think he plays. I agree right. with that. But Nick Sirianni is not ruling him out. Fifteen to one. But guys, let's do this. Let's talk like we're we're not full of shit, right? I mean, what I mean is, you know, he's not playing. Yeah. I, so I let's go. It, God, I'm not full of shit this time. <laughs> 
mean, I'm just saying, we know he's not. But wouldn't you agree that Gardner Minshew is above average as a backup I, quarterback? I think Gardner Minshew, if I was doing quarterback ratings, which I don't, I'd have him like 23. I think, Gar- I think yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm serious. He I, he's better than a lot teams. of starters. Yes, I agree with that. And so in this I, Philly offense, especially, there yeah. are there are three good backup quarterbacks in the league. All right, Minshew's a minus two, as is Jacoby Brissett. And I don't know if he belongs. I have once in the same, but there's you, probably you got too high. minus two from an average starter. Yes. Okay, I can accept. So where does that put him? On one to thirty-two. If he was twenty-fifth. Yeah, I think it's even a little better, but okay, okay. Yeah. I think that, I think you're going to get a focused Philadelphia team going up against a division rival, trying to put them down, trying to play for their quarterback. And I, I think this game, five and a half, is too much. I think it's a field goal game on well, either side. I've got bad news for you, son. Mm-hmm. This is the third week in a row of the super-duper fade-the-team-on-the-road trend. Oh, the late in the year. Yeah, so we're now at 1-24, you're betting. Now, listen, I hate this. Now, you might say because of the line, you'd be like, well, they're getting a bunch of points. No, it doesn't matter. There's been numerous times that's been the case. But we got a trend here, and it's the trend from last week and the week before. Now, the week before, we were sitting, Fez, I think you were at, uh, I can't remember. What would it have been? It wasn't like, maybe you were here even. I don't know. Because you only missed it one week, right? But, I mean, yeah. I know a couple weeks ago, you did. yeah, I mean, with the family thing. Um, but you were here for this. But it was 0-25, this trend. And we were fading the team that was really good on the road. Because I was on this game as well, yes. Okay. I was on the Giants. And against the Eagles. Yes. So after 0-25, it went 1-25. and yeah, it's my fault. The next week, the same trend comes up. Now, this is since 2005. So these are a lot of times I have it in a year. And... You Fez might have backed off at that point, right? You had a loser in the book, right or wrong? The right, but I one in twenty-five though. But I backed the Bears. The Bears, I was on the. But you weren't on this trend, is what I'm saying. I was not. I said, bring it on, because the Eagles were so like impressive week fourteen against the Giants. Usually, teams that are you're right. It made it look like a in a way like like maybe the Eagles don't apply. Yeah, and it was the Eagles again. You make a good point. But I, I, Omar don't scare. <laughs> Boom. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was pretty easy. <clears throat> now it's again, and it is on, against the Eagles for a third time against the Cowboys. I hate this game otherwise. I like Minshew. So, I mean, this is one of those ones that when you're when you got an eight-and-a-half point ATS margin and the trend is really powerful even without any tighteners, if it's just on the road, just a big fate, or not a big favor, I'm sorry, just a big winner late in the year. That's it. Because why don't you just run that? Just I know I, I remember it's like four and a half point. I can't remember, but um yeah. So this one is uh, check this out, Feds. It's five, it's six points, just the big winner on the road after late in the year. Spread margin. Yeah, look. Six points. Six points. That's crazy. The teaser. <laughs> I mean, it's a free teaser. That's a great way to think of it, but you don't have to lay minus two sixty. You get to lay minus a dollar ten, and it's twenty one percent winners, which effectively. So what's it saying? Seventy nine. I'm sorry, seventy nine percent winners. That wins with a teaser, doesn't it? It does. But it's right there, isn't it? Seventy eight or whatever. Uh, t- teasers are basically seventy five percent. You're like, but the worst you're laying is like minus three hundred so, on teasers. So, so as long as you're seventy five percent, you're in the win. The win the black. The fact it's sixteen sixty and two. 
and it lines up almost with the teaser win percentage says all the numbers make sense. Plus, it makes so much sense. And and you you brought it up. Like, the poster child of this is the undefeated New England team. Greatest team we ever saw. Starts the year 7-1 against the spread. They win every game. Well, guess what? They the, finish, like, 3-8. The, and eight. the tax gets you. And the teams get worked up. Like, the home teams are like, we want to beat this team. It's like game day underdog on Thursday kind of thing. And the road team is doing the Super Bowl shuffle and, like, celebratory, and they know they don't need the game. They're still going to get home field advantage. So it's just not – the sense of urgency isn't there. I like it. Any other thoughts? No. Oh, you're going against I, I'm me? I'm going against you. It's just because oh. I'm, I'm big on Minshew. I think that – I think that he's good enough to be, like we talked about, a starter on many teams in this league. And I don't think it's – obviously, it's a big drop-off from the MVP in Jalen Hurts. But I just think five and a half is too much for this type of game, this divisional game with as good as the Philadelphia Eagles are. They're not just one player. It's not I just agree. Jalen Hurts. I agree. And I think Minshew is a good quarterback. Yeah. To me, if if it weren't for this trend, Philly might be my best bet or second best bet. But when you have six points, I mean – well, with something so simple, it's like, how am I bucking that? You can't go against that. I mean, unless you think it's irrational. And to me, this is hyper-rational. It's, but this is like what you always say. This trend might not be something that will put you on a play, well, no, but your it'll, talk you, are, your but it'll are, talk you off a play. No, your trends are like that. This is okay. the kind of trend you spend years trying to find. But will well, it talk me off of my Philly play? Probably not, because... You got a couple years from now, it will. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing is in terms of the timing of the betting, and like we're plugged in the NFL, we know what's going on. We know Hertz isn't going to play. All right. He's just not going to play. But here's what inevitably happens there will be a notice that will come out. I don't know if it'll come out on Sunday morning or on Saturday. Where they officially announce it. They officially him out. say Jalen Hurts has been ruled out and is not playing. And there will be a line move because what will happen is that the B team betters will see that. Oh my God, he's out. And they'll immediately slam Dallas bets minus yeah. five. So you will see, I will predict, boom, a movement to six just for like half an hour. And then immediately the pros will come in who and like buy Philly back on and take the six on Philly. So if you like Philly, you recommend waiting. That's I right. Agree, I agree with that 100% because it's, it's shocking, especially if it's not official yet. I'm just walking to go get a drink of water, and I thought I had to stop and say this. If it's not official, you're making a great point. It's irrational. And they talk about the market's efficiency, but what happens if the closing line back? Now, I know it's going to get bought back in theory. I wonder how much money. That's interesting. If, if, if the Sharps are thinking that's happening. Maybe they're not betting until that happens. Exactly right. And I'll, I'll, I'll say. Let's think about that. That means there's probably a lot of money on the dog waiting for that. Exactly. And I do this in college basketball where I'm not tuned in, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, Rutgers point guard is out. And boom, immediately I bet Georgetown and I bet the under. And I don't know whether he was supposed to play or not. I just got the news. You know, I don't have time to do any research. I know the line's mm. going to move. I don't got time to do any research. Because, because, <laughs> because if I do the research within 30 seconds, the line's going to have already begun. It's, so it's now or never, baby. So I'm going to fire anti-Rutgers, and I'm firing under, even though someone else out there who's, like, plugged in to college basketball goes, all that moron, he's, he wasn't supposed to play anyways. What's going to be interesting, Fez, is you and I are going to be an interesting, as we – go into, you know, some point retirement age, is who's going to do better? Because I am the anti of that. If I don't feel like I have every angle covered, I don't want to put any money down. You figure, and you've got a history of doing it, you throw, not darts against the board, but you're, um, let's just say you're... 
If you think there's an edge, you're not second guessing it. I'm not. I'm not reluctant to place bets. But what happens is, and would you agree with this? And maybe this is something you need to think about. Those guys in poker and what you're doing, you're a high volume player. As the game slips even a little bit, which inevitably, as you reach your 60s, and you're not there yet, but when you get there, and even I might slip a little bit, <clears throat> is you don't know when you don't have what you used to have. And those guys go broke. I mean, like in poker, they just they chop them down like trees. I, I, absolutely, and it, it, and it and it is a concern when you're when you're making a whole bunch of well researched, um, thorough, exhaustive um, bets. You're, you're a lot safer. However, I will say this, and I tweeted about this. I think the idea of studying for like the NFL Sunday, like it's a final exam. So you study for five days, and then on Sunday morning you go and you make your bets. I don't like that. That is not a good step. Except for props, though. Except for, but even for props, because in many ways it's much more of a scavenger hunt that you got to find the the prizes before somebody else does because they take the numbers. But aren't out. there a lot of props that don't come out till Sunday morning? Not anymore. That's changed. That's changed. So what happens, they just don't become widely available till Sunday morning. But they're out there at other places, and then they get annihilated. They get taken out like a terrorist attack. So the books wait until Sunday have a big advantage because now it's all been the numbers been worked out. Exactly. So Vegas, the scared cockroaches, they wait till Sunday to put their numbers up. They let the East Coast polish them all up. Last thought here before I go get my water is let me pose a, a thought experiment to you is I'm going to run to my mic. Here's the thought experiment. Is, I'll be like Scott. He's coming. I'll be He's Scott. Let me ask a question. Oh, it was Bill Cosby almost. All right, here's my question. If you had $10 million in the bank, mm -hmm. so that means your retirement, you can't buy planes or whatever. But you, Why not? Well, it's going to be a propeller plane. Probably. Yeah, yeah. All right. Is how would that affect your betting? I'm going to propose that you would not be betting those rapid-fire games, that you are, volume is your friend because you've got a big nut. And, and I think that you – because all I know is when we, when we were in COVID and you bet 28 – what was it? 18 props on the NFL draft. Didn't deuce to do that. No. no this, only, only, only game in town. Yeah. yeah. 15 and 3 or something, right? Yeah. What was it 16 and 2? You're going to crack you're, you're, you're correct. He is – when it comes to those instant decisions in sports betting, I don't throw around words like brilliant, or I certainly don't throw the G word around, but it, to anyone I know, but he is as good as I've ever seen and as good as I've ever heard about. He's instant. Like, whenever we bet, I'm usually talking for about a minute or two to see if I see his weakness. Then I'll do it. But if it's like, take this number, you know, and use a quick number and people bet against him, I'm always going with him, right? Because his instincts are so good. But I just wonder how, last question, how has that kind of betting been since the growth? Has that, I know they lock people out and, you know, they bar people easy. Way better because there's so many more books. It's just, you just have to have access to all. I'm talking about like that, that, that volume you probably wouldn't have if you were being more, you know, a little more conservative. Um, that volume's. My volume is way higher just because there's so much more product. It's like there's a thousand things to bet well. on instead of a hundred. And, and so it's not as far as how it's doing. But, yes. not, but other than in-game, because in-game is a whole different beast. Yeah. Can I throw one in-game yeah. example that happened yeah, yeah. today? So, and, and and you'll get the answer. Both of you guys will get it immediately. So Eastern Illinois beats Iowa. Eastern Illinois is a 31-and-a-half-point underdog. It's college basketball. College basketball. Okay, there's five minutes to play. Eastern Illinois is ahead by 10. 
Forget the side. The total. You want to go over or you want to go under? All right, Eastern, all right. So I was not going to go down easy. So they're going to file, file, file. So I go over. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, basically, it's it, the, 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 you could still win. You're Iowa. You're downtown against this crappy, crappy. Am I watching the game? But they're going to they're going to file like it's a tournament game. Exactly to the bitter end, and so it flies over. And so, they, but but that's an example. I'm not watching the game. Mm-hmm. I can't name a player on either team. You know, and but it doesn't matter. All I, the key piece of information is a 31 point favorite does not go quietly into the night. Against anybody, and they didn't. If I had a $10 million bankroll or $10 million in the bank, which I don't, is I would much rather bet 15 dimes on three different games in a week mm. than, you know, let's say this, you know, four, I guess 40, uh, then 45 bet $800 on, on 45 yeah, different I, I, games. I would just bet one game and just, yeah. Well, the yeah. problem in a case like this that I'm describing, like I got down $1,200 on this. At three, I got I got three different books, 500 to 300. That, there were only three books that were dealing it. And that was their limit bet, and I was done so, you know? Almost every, to correct me if I'm wrong here, almost every major syndicate or even individual that's a real big winner bets high volume. Because here's why I think if you have the ability to ascertain those best bets, mm-hmm. you have the ability to ascertain the six percent edges too. Or, or, or why whatever. wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why and, wouldn't you? And thus the real money. You know, the, the one of the greatest kind of trivia, not even trivia, trick questions is um, that guy hit fifty-seven percent, screwing up. Not betting enough games. Got to play the 53s. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you think about it, if you're winning 57, mm-hmm. that means you're leaving what on the table? There's 56s. And forget the fact that some of the winners are – because some of the winners are going to be higher than 50. So let's say your best bets are hitting 59 in that scenario, right? If you're hitting 57, that means you're hitting 55s. If the distribution is the same, you're probably betting 55% winners. And the blackjack authors understand this completely. They talk about the magic number of the true count plus one. Because when the true count is plus one, there's no edge player or house. And they're like, as soon as that true count gets to plus one, you start getting ready. You know, load the muskets. Finally, though, the catch-22, and that's why Kelly and half Kelly and quarter Kelly. Here we, this is. You the, don't know exactly what you're winning Exactly. And blackjack, if you're keeping an accurate count, you can be very confident that your true edge is within 0.1% of what you're estimating. Is that right? That close? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because the fives like are, are more valuable to have out of the deck, and the threes and twos are less valuable. But it's close enough. No, but that's interesting. If you're if you're hitting at 57 58%, then you should be playing more volume because even if it drops down to 55, 56%, you're still making a profit. Correct, but it's not what you're hitting. It's what your expectation. What you're hitting is irrelevant. You can be hitting 77%, Uh and that don't matter. It's what your estimated edge going forward is. And like RJ said— Is that the only way to—you think closing line value is the only way to ascertain that? It's not the only way, but it's probably the best unbiased estimator initially until you have a really large sample when you can say, hey, I'm better than the closing number. Here's the question about the the, the sample. 600 games is what I've always believed, and you know, I, I haven't done hardcore math on it. If it's a 50-50 prop, if you got 600 games on someone in that sport, mm-hmm. you got a pretty good idea. Now, in the NFL, you're never going to get there because by the time you get to 600 games, the league's different. You're yeah. different. Yep. Yep. Right? In the NBA, I don't think it's hard. Even if it's two years, the beginning of one NBA season, like right now, the beginning of this season versus the end of next season. Everything changes in it, two years. Yeah, it's 20 months. So in a weird way, closing line value, I hate the way people are so religious, especially people who don't understand as, as much as they should to be so sanctimonious. But I do think there's a lot to be said to that. because It's a good starting point. It's like yeah. a power rating. It's yeah. a good starting point of what your edge 
likely is. If you're not getting it, you probably don't have as – it doesn't matter if you're winning or not. You're probably not doing as well as you think. And But if you're the best in the world, you can say, oh, now I have an edge on this game, and here's I, but I won't get any closing line value. But I, that's because I know this and nobody else does example the trend we have about the 86% team. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, barely obvious. I mean, if anything – the whole closing line value starts to get turned on its head when someone can move the line. Yes. Right? And it's hard to move the it NFL becomes line a self-fulfilling because, because the NFL limits are so high. Whereas if you told me, Fez, I need you, I need you to cl- make the Elon total close two points lower at post, I'm like, yeah, give me 10000 I can make it you happen. You don't do props, uh, Twitter props. How long CEO is what you're talking about, Elon? No, oh. <laughs> Elon, NC Greensboro, you know, the, I, can, all I was just joking. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be out for about 90 seconds. You can take Go the right lead. ahead. All right, we're moving on to the next game. It's AJ's three weight. He's on Cincinnati minus three <laughs> against New England. Is this our last game? No, we got one more after this. Okay. Uh, so let's do Cincinnati. Well, you got one more, but then you got the ones you guys did before. Correct. There we yeah. Go. Oh, yeah, of course. We have plenty of games. Y- yes. Uh, Cincinnati <laughs> minus three against New England. Uh, I will just say this. All the Bengals do is win and cover, and all Joe Burrow does is win and cover. The Bengals are 19-3 and against the spread in their last 22 games. That's 18-3 and ATS in the last 21 games that Joe Burrow has started. Burrow should play more games. <laughs> he should play more 11 games. 11-1 and against the spread, the uh, Halloween disaster yeah. with those ugly orange helmets against Cleveland, and nothing but covers and wins so other than that. What do you think the the result is after the Patriots lose in the way that they did to the Raiders last week. What's the bounce back after that? Has Belichick just, is he ripping into them all week? Is he, you know, punishing guys? Like, do they, do they come out here dejected because their playoff hopes are down the drain? Like what's the response? Well, so this is why RJ picked a very poor time to go and get his uh, beverage, because this is what he is good at. And I am not good at playing psychiatrist in terms of how that team is going to react to such a crushing loss um, really just donking off the game, something very unpatriot-like that we haven't seen in prior years. But since RJ's not going to be back from it, what do you think, Scott? I think that this it's it's hard to pull yourself up after a loss like that. And to put some playoff odds on it, they were 40% last week. It dropped more than half. They're now 19% to make the playoffs. It's just, it's got to be a dejecting, dejecting loss. It's got to be one of those things where in the locker room, as much as you want to, you know, pick each other up and be a family and be a team, yeah, there's guys that are pissed. There's guys that are probably going to Jacoby Myers. You cost us the game. Like, dude, we would have won in overtime. You cost us the game. And they're not happy about it. Imagine you're a defensive player and you busted your ass defending Devontae Adams all game, Josh Jacobs. You did a great job. And you're about to go into overtime with a chance to win a game that you were down 17-3. to Mac Jones should have gotten open. He didn't try hard enough. Yeah. And you lose that game. How do those? Patri- <laughs> That's why I told AJ. How do those Patriots defenders feel? You know, yeah. you, you you can't help but feel some sort of animosity towards your your teammates. But plus, it is perfectly fine to be with an organization like Belichick that is a hard ass organization that outworks everybody. When you're winning Super Bowls, it's not a lot of fun to be working for a 500 team yeah. and be working harder than everybody else your contemporaries in your field. Would you agree with that? I agree. Now, Belichick has great numbers after a loss, but I almost throw out all of the numbers because the majority of it is with Tom Brady at quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's a different team, so I don't care about those numbers. 
the these are interesting numbers though and I'm very curious if if you have any insight on this but since the Raiders moved to Las Vegas teams after playing the Raiders here in Vegas are 11 are, are excuse me 8 and 15 against the spread in their following games 2 and 6 ATS in the past 8 games I would need to know when teams play in Vegas, do they fly out Monday, or do they they fly back team right? I would assume they all fly back the team, yeah, the team right so. after the, the, yeah. the. But I'm not certain of that, right? I, because if you told me they flew back on Monday, then that would all make sense to me, right? That that uh, Sunday night's the go out night, and then it ruins your week. And I'm, standard procedure after a game is to go straight to the airport. Yeah, unless you're LeBron James, right, and you're in <laughs> Vegas, yeah, or you're Urban Meyer, yeah, yes, yeah. Now, in general, teams facing the Raiders since 2020, it's, it's, it's weird. Teams after playing the Raiders since 2020 are 16 and 31 ATS. But given that you're, you're, you're staying in the night before, right, and then you're flying out right after, what about Vegas and, and the arid climate of, of Las Vegas and the Dome would matter? It seems... maybe, maybe, maybe they get the Vegas flu because they get sick from being here. Do <laughs> or they maybe it's just the 8-15 and 15 trend that's just an 8-15 and 15 trend. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's just a random trend that's just maybe a random trend. Maybe they get trend. bad fish at Nobu the night before. Who knows? Maybe I don't know. Why, why are they, like, one of the worst follow previous opponents in the NFL? Hmm. It's it's bizarre, RJ. What do you think about this? Why, in your opinion, if there if you even have an opinion on this, are the Raiders like the worst previous opponent in the NFL since 2020? The following week after playing the Raiders, teams are 16 and 31 against the spread, and if they're playing in Vegas, yeah, that was the following time. week, eight and 15 against the spread. Okay, so <clears throat> if they if they play the Raiders at home. The record is still bad the next week. Correct. In general, the Raiders are the, the least profitable previous opponent since 2020. Here's what I would think. If they're a physical team, they're not. Not. Number two, if they have a quirky offense. Well, first off, they've chained coaches three times. Yeah. During yeah. This. So I think it, what it may be is there's something to the Vegas flu he, if they're playing here and the other parts random yeah. would so be my eight guy. and 15 ATS since the Raiders came to Vegas. And like I said, the only Two way I could, six ex- ATS in the I last could ex- eight games. explain it is if they stayed an extra day in Vegas to enjoy, but they don't. They fly out. Yeah, but you just talked about Aaron Rodgers getting distracted. Well, he gets distracted because he's in, in L.A. or Miami well, the night Vegas. before. Vegas. No, but, but that would be the night before. Like in, Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see them performing poorly in the game in Vegas, yeah. not the next week. I don't know. I, it's it's bizarre. It's strange. Do, um, we wanted to ask you, do you think the, the crushing loss for New England, the way they lost, how will um, the team respond to that? I think it's a it's certainly an upgrade for, for the Patriots. I, I mean, Belichick, there's never been adversity strong enough that he hasn't responded well to it. If it's one loss, he mm-hmm. responds well. Mm-hmm. Two losses, ten point losses, Super Bowl losses. I mean, he, he he's just a, he's a machine. I mean, and again, I think there's a problem this year. I think what's happened is that th- he said he's gotten so. What I'm hearing is he got so sick of losing. It takes him a while to train people, mm-hmm. and he likes him young because he wants to teach him the right way from the start. And he's run out of people. Like it, at this point. 
it's like he doesn't want to start, I, I guess, with young people because how is he going to be there? Even if it's yeah. five more years, it might not be worth I mean, it. His son's the last person that he's teaching. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and, and to me, it's like McDaniel's getting that job. They took him, they took Lombardi's kid, mm-hmm. they took one other guy. So now three people leaving. Ernie Adams left two years ago, just retired. You know, he was rich and, you know, and it's like and Belichick's still doing, I mean, the funny thing is, considering his quarterback situation, I think you could make the case the Pats have been the first or second best. Thing. Like, if you just remove the quality of the quarterback. So, like, what's the Mac Jones to Herbert adjustment for you, Fez? Like, four, four and a half points. All right, so if you just gave the Pats four and a half points because of that. Ooh. Every, every team, and looked at the points against and points for, yeah. I think New England would be right at the top. You're right. And now you can blame him for not getting a quarterback, but... I don't know. That's a crapshoot. In the in the Cam Newton decision, uh, or that year, it was more than four points. I mean, Cam Newton was, was way below average. Yeah. Wow. Cam's right, their quarterback. Let's move on to the Commanders at the 49ers. Uh, Taylor Heineke, great record ATS, even with the loss to the Giants, still 11-4-1 ATS in his last 16 starts. But as I brought up last week when I picked the Giants, even though Heineke has this great you know, winning percentage and it's great against the the spread record. He stinks. Uh, he's thirty first on our composite quarterback rating out of thirty three quarterbacks. So who's behind him? Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. Okay. Um. I. I think it, what this is teaching us is that, I mean, who should have won the Washington game last week? Well, it should have been tied. Overtime. Well, you don't know. Do they make? Do they get the two-point conversion or not? They tie game. Scored, they scored at the end. Tie game. So, Washington had the pass interference they should have got, right? And well, they th- scored a touchdown, on, and the, it was called back due to Terry McLaurin not, not being on the line, line of scrimmage. Not being on the line even though the ref said he was. Yeah. Well, because he asked, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, what we're saying is it was, it was a true coin flip. Absolutely. Just like the tie was the two weeks before. To me... I think it's unequivocal Washington's exceeded expectations the second half of the, you know, the second chunk of the year. Uh, just wins whatever you want to call. It. I mean, they won like six out of seven at one point. Six, two, and one, both straight up in ATS their last nine games. All right. So to me, Heineke is a part of that, a vital part, and we can't discount what the other team feels or what the uh, teammates feel yes. with a certain guy. Yeah, he's right? clearly their leader. Or they, there's something about him they rally behind. Yes, right? no doubt. Even the defense. And, I mean, Mike White's the same thing. Yes. Great yeah. example. So, to me, you're Hate right. Hate that other guy. His, his numbers aren't good, but they're winning. Mm-hmm. The defense is good. Uh, you know, I I thought people were anxious to get on the Giants. Sharps were. I didn't. But I thought that five was kind of high. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful spot. You play him. You have a bye. They got to go play Philly. Mm-hmm. And then you play him again. I mean, they can't win there. That's one of the reasons I like the Giants this week. That's an impressive win. Yeah. Yes. Now, the 49ers, since acquiring Christian McCaffrey in week eight, 7-0 and straight up, 6-1 and against the spread. But somehow their EPA is not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check that because San Fran— So if you do that at one and a half, McKenzie, uh, that sounds like the right— I mean, you got to weight the offense more. Just because it's one, it's more important, but two, it's more predictive. Yeah, one point four, one point five. I agree. Yeah, one point five. So if you did that, Mackenzie, I'm interested to see how the uh, league stacks up. We'll do right now, and, and keep the four ninety six 
garbage time. Philly's number one. San Fran's two. This is with equal weights. Cincy's three. Dallas is four. You know, Dallas, a lot of people souring on them, saying the defense isn't playing as well. What mm-hmm. do you think? I agree. The, I mean, the, the, the fact that it took a miracle to beat Houston – and frankly, a lot of people felt like the, it took a lot for Kansas City to beat them. Yeah, but but you know that's interesting because Kansas City won in overtime, but you never felt Kansas City was going to lose that game. If you watch the Dallas Houston game, yeah, but it was a smidge different. You're right. It you was know, like you, one you, possession. There, there were points where I do I want Houston? You know, pick them to beat Dallas? Oh hell yeah! I mean, Houston was a clear favorite to win that game towards the end of the game. This is interesting. I'm going to compare as we or as we transition to the non-RJ part of the show, is I'm going to compare our four-metric average to our fourth-quarter win share Mm -hmm. because the difference is going to be who hasn't performed but we think is good because the fourth-quarter win share is a great representation of how you perform, even better than wins, in my opinion. So we got Philly one in both, all right? Mm -hmm. We're looking at fourth-quarter win share, which is how you've done, versus our power rating, which is how good you are which is slightly different if you think about it. Kansas City's number two in how we've done, Kansas City accomplishment-wise. We got Cincinnati the second best. Fez, where do you fall on that one? Cincy, KC, who's better? KC, number one. The fact that they were on the road and they were still favored, right? That was, what, minus one and a half? Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be what, pick them now? That's a good question. Maybe Cincy won, actually. The, um, I think since he's won. In pick, since he's, I, yeah, pick. We'll make a pick. So we're still saying KEC's a little better by the market. Yes. Okay. Buffalo is three in both. In of. fact, since he's at Buffalo next week, so that's a good barometer. I, I'm sorry, since he's home against Buffalo, so we could look and see if that's pick him. Week 17, I believe, if I'm correct. I'll look into that. Now, remember now. That's from memory. I could yeah, be Yeah. Remember now, Buffalo was like two and a half or three in Kansas City not that long ago. Mm-hmm. But that's changed, obviously. Buffalo minus two and a half. In Cincy. In Cincy. That, so they're saying cannot, Buffalo's better than Kansas that City. Cannot, that cannot hold. So you bet you like Cincy? Cincy? You bet Cincy plus two and a half and tease Cincy. Cannot hold. Move to one and a half at uh, the book that we're charting. All right, that's a good sign, yeah. If Faz is on it. All right, so real quick, let's finish here. Buffalo third and both. All right, so um, <clears throat> in our fourth quarter win share, San Fran is number four. And San Fran is number five. I got him third. All right. And then Baltimore in the fourth quarter win share, which is just a fact. You can complain not a lot of yep. yard. They just win a lot of games. Got him seventh. All right. And Baltimore in our power ratings are 10th. Only mm. one point better than an average team. Yeah. No adjustment for quarterback either. Mm. Um, Dallas is number seven or six when it comes to accomplishment. Number six when it comes to how good they are. Where you got them? Comparable. Fifth. Cincy is in accomplishment number seven only. Sixth. And you got them sixth? Yeah. Okay, and they are second in ability. New England, shockingly, well, they're high in both. New England in accomplishment is number eight. New England is number seven in power rate. And I got them tenth. By the way, if I had two teams ranked the same, it's because Philly would be one, but now I've got them sixth with Minshew. 
I was telling you about Philly being one for a while, haven't I? Yeah, you you absolutely were. <laughs> the numbers were strong. All right, but their their, their strength of schedule is bad. I mean, you know. Yeah, if only somebody was on. The like they, the they, they they can't beat anyone. It's like yeah, but the te- but they're beating NFL teams by twenty. You know, that's like more impressive than beating like a top ten team by three. <laughs> now here's an example. You were talking about Tennessee. We got Tennessee accomplishment wise, still the ninth best team. Accomplishment. They've um. 55% of the fourth quarters they've controlled. And we got Tennessee 17th as how good they are. And that's no quarterback adjustment. Yeah, and I got them the same. Okay. And then Minnesota, again, accomplishment-wise, they're 10th. And we got Minnesota 20th. 16th. Uh-huh. I'm actually high on them. <laughs> Miami, remember, this is mathematical for us. Yeah. Um, Miami is number 11 accomplishment wise. I think I am too high. I got them eighth. I'm a, I'm but we got them ninth in the mm. in how good they are, mm. and the, and that's good for now. And at the end, it's Houston's both, the Rams and Arizona in the win share are the two lowest. Boy, that would have been a bet, right? Is only number 31. That's defending Super Bowl champions. You know, and pursuing the same sort of bet. And I'll give him credit. Like Chris Andrews said this. He says, you know, these tails on these teams for pro and, and minus are bigger than you ever would believe. So, like, on alternative totals and things, will the Rams have a losing record? Will the Rams be the worst team in the league? Well, that's impossible. Well, but, that comes with parity, right? Well, yeah, and from from the composition of the Rams. Well, the Rams. Oh, scribes and stars. Yeah, they, mm. they, 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 you know, they, they need Cooper Cup, and they need their quarterback, and they need, Darn, you know, Donald, and they don't have any of them. And they were, you know, they've been the healthiest team for a long time, though. Yeah. All right, uh, last thing. I'm going to tell you a couple teams overrated, underrated, uh, based on fourth quarter win share. So, number one. Minnesota's overrated. They've actually won 3.4 more games than they should have. Jeez. And, and Minnesota's going to be, a, if they win this week, they're going to be a qualifier of a premium team that's going to be uh, Ooh, like a go it. against. And, 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 and they got division revenge for both the Bears and Detroit's weeks 17 and 18. I got I to gotta tell you, I'm, I'm going to be anti-Minnesota if they win this week. Well, the last Doesn't Minnesota play Green Bay? Next oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Green, yeah. Yeah, so Green Bay and Detroit. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no, no, no worries. Number two, the Giants' second luckiest team. So they're playing each other. 2.4 wins. And then we'll just do number three and move to the, the unlucky. But the number and the two luckiest teams are playing each other. Uh-huh. The and, Giants and Minnesota. And, yep, Herbs and the Chargers, the third luckiest team. Mm-hmm. 1.6 extra wins. Quite a contrast to what that team normally does, losing all the close games, very uncharger-esque. But they're still winning close games. They still hardly have over 500 record. No. All right, the most unlucky team, Denver, 2.3 wins. They should have had. Let's ride. Uh, <laughs> number 31 is Chicago. Mm-hmm. They've been stuck on three for yeah, a long time. He starts chirping now. <laughs> and number 30, Houston. Houston. So the three... The, they, you could make the case they're the greatest one-win team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Think about how bad the 1-13 and, and the 1-15 and NFL teams were. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Finally, we're going to say, who has the biggest margin from their score to their power rating? Because that's the starting point mm. to the score. Alright, so number one, the Dallas Cowboys. They've been upgraded by 5.5 points per game. Is that per game, McKenzie? Yes. Holy cow, how could that be? So you're saying, hmm. So they're plus three and a half in our power rating. So they're minus two per game in their actual point margin? No, the other way. They're plus nine in their actual scoring margin. 
Oh, so they so we downgraded them, not upgraded them. Yes. Okay. So why would the downgrade be in green? Because we were at the time considering it luckiness. No, I never did. Not not this, but okay. All right. So the Dallas Cowboys are not near as good as they seem. Yes. All right. Number two in that boat. Oh my, the San Francisco 49. 4.3 points. And then number three, and finally, amongst the overrated, we'll call it, um, the Buffalo Bills. I, you know, I certainly can see that. You agree with that? All right. Now, who's underrated? Who deserves more credit? All right. Number 32, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're saying 3.9 points. They are better than their actual score. I swear they turned the ball over four times just in the third quarter. I think they did, actually. You yes. said they outplayed the Bengals, right? Which is surprising. They did outplay them and had a 17-point lead, and it wasn't about the Bengals. It was just about turnovers and unbelievable. Number 31, and also unlucky, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 3.4 points better than their uh, That's interesting. Mark. So you got an unlucky team that is getting healthier, has upgraded a quarterback, and has got their pass rusher back. Mm. Looks like a buy signal on the Steelers. And finally, the Rams, unlucky by almost three game, or three points per game. But now they stink and they don't care. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Fez? We got some good numbers. I like, I like this a lot. All right, so we got anything before we send it off to you guys? Just one final note on that Washington-San Francisco game. Oh, I got a trend on that, too. And I got, I got to okay. give my one weight because I never gave a uh, one weight. Quickly. I um, would look to play McCaffrey over. His rushing yards or no. his rushing and receiving yards. All right. The Pro Bowl rosters came out today. Okay. Christian McCaffrey was snubbed. Did not make the NFC Pro Bowl team. All right. So we're talking Pro Bowl or All Pro. Pro Bowl. All right. Do you think people care about that? Mm, I mean, Mac some, Jones. There was might be a, some contract bonuses if you make the Pro Bowl. Mac Jones was a starting quarterback, or not the starter, but he was on the team. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's different now. Is there's no more Vegas? game. Which oh. means there's no injury replacement. Okay. Is it in Vegas now? It's in Vegas, but it's the Pro Skills Bowl game. Skills competition. It's a lot so of fun. Herbert's going to be good. W- when there was a Pro Bowl game, you didn't understand. care about the Pro Bowl yeah. roster because everyone makes the Pro Bowl because of injury replacements and whatnot, I, and guys I, I, opting I, 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 out. I, I, I. Now that there's no game, maybe I think he might, be, I tell you he might this, be motivated. I started delving into a few fantasy sites for targets and stuff. McCaffrey's getting half the rushes and half the re- receiving targets ever since um, Debo got hurt. But there's talk that they're going to scale him back because they don't want to wear him out for the playoffs. Well, so be it, doesn't, careful. it doesn't seem like... Be careful about betting him. I agree with you, but be careful betting him the last couple well, why weeks. Why would you be going so extreme and then say, oh, we got to slow it down? Because that's the narrative that just came out on them. In the, the last drive against the Seahawks, <laughs> they ran Jordan Mason, the backup, and Christian McCaffrey said, I thought it was interesting in the press conference, I was relieved when when I was not out there for the final every drive. Every time, it's it's like playing Russian roulette every time he touches the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like that... That 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 uh, fragile guy in the Glass. night Shyamalan. Now movie. here's the good news, guys. Fez already recorded the rest of this, so he's now <laughs> tired. This is the end for him. Don't one way Chicago Bears. I'm on board with you guys. That I was like the Bears. Too. All right. Last thing, I got a trend on the total in the Washington. We're going over the total. Okay. Or some would say over the total. And here it is. <laughs> <laughs> when my, when <laughs> when Riverboat Ron is an underdog of more than six points on the road, mm-hmm. his games go over. I have a tightener or two on it, but it's now 
20 overs and one under. Wow. And it's the a total is 38. I thought I saw is it I thought it saw 37. 38. You? All right. I like it. I get it. San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. I looked hard. If you actually look, Fez, I, I sent you this text. You want to pull this one up? Yeah. Because I actually looked hard at the quarters because I'm thinking, well, Ooh, maybe I, like maybe I could bat half, you know, yeah. half here, half there. And um, you I, said, now you, you said riverboat runs. Do you think that this has to do with him being more aggressive yes. and going for it in situations that would yeah. normally, okay? Uh, because here's the thing. Oh, I see quarters. Yeah. So in the, um, uh, in the games, they went over in aggregate in these games by 218 points, all right? And it's uh, 19 games, 18 and one over. Okay, 219 points. So that's 11 and a half points per game. We can break it up. How much was offense scoring more? How much was defense score, uh, giving up more? It was 117 for the offense, 101 for the defense. So it's almost split down the middle. Mm-hmm. They're scoring more, they're giving up more. Yeah. It's just the game's at a faster pace, more risk, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's not much in the quarters, so we looked at, and Fez, tell me what you think of the methodology here. So we looked at the actual quarter, how many points were scored for San Francisco and their opponent. So first quarter was 8.2, 13.1, 8.5, 9.4. Okay. Now Give me we, those again one more time. Uh, you'll see it right on the... the I've got, do I have the wrong thing up? Uh, no, it's going to be at the bottom right there. It says San Fran, and it looks like an Excel sheet. Oh, I see it. And then it's right below the red with the quarters. You see the red? All right. So then I said, well, yes, what, thank you. what does the league do? Well, the league ends up having 19% or 19.7% of points in the first quarter, 30.7 in the second quarter, 21 in the third, and 28.6 in the fourth. So I said, well, let's assume that out of the total 39.1 points San Fran is producing – uh, both them and their opponent, let's spread it out by the, the league's distribution. And what we found out was about a half a point they give up, uh, they score less in the first quarter and about 1.1 points less in the second quarter, and they score a ton more in the fourth. They score in the fourth. They're going for it and everything. Yeah. Well, I think because they run the ball so sure. well, and thus even Where's if you call down? off the horses is what my guess would be, right? Plus the riverboat run comes into the most extreme. But remember, this is just San Fran this year. Oh, okay. Right? I'm sorry, yes. Oh, okay. What I figure is let's look at this without consideration of the trend and see if there's anything quarter-wise we could look at. And what it ends up being is not really – Except I could look at going over in just the fourth as a little piece of this. Um, but if you look over at Washington, they underscore in the fourth by a half a point. So it kind of comes out in the wash. But I do think it's interesting. I've never done this before. I was taking the league-wide distributions and let that be based on your total points, what you would expect each quarter. And then we could see the deltas. And I can tell you, based upon a total of 38, it's kind of the magic number, 37 to 40. And I apologize. I'm going to get some people mad at me, but I'm going to say it. Um, I love those totals in that quarter because if you play first quarter. Who's going to get mad at you? People that bet this for a living. I, I got to be honest with you. I hate nothing more than when someone gives a tip and they're acting like they're going to get not, like shanked over it. All right. No one gives a shit. If they do, fuck them. There's still people. How's this sound? Tell me something that they don't want you to people to know, and I'll say it. Yeah. You know what? F you guys, because you know no, what? There's been people you. saying. There's been people saying, "Oh, don't talk about how advantage they, teasers." How did, how did they learn advantage teasers? Advantage long <laughs> teasers have been out there for 22 years. There's still people. I can't stop talking about those. Yeah, but probably because it's somewhat. They probably live in a in a one bedroom apartment, is what I'm thinking by themselves. I, I love NFL totals of 37 to 40 because the first quarter totals 
you see sevens and you see seven and halves. And so there's such a huge difference. They never price enough of it into it. So it's in between is with the right numbers? The right number 7.25. So if you like over, you can get an over seven. I mean, and if you like under, under seven and a half, like minus 160, it sounds like a ton of VIG. It's not a ton of VIG. So both of those, if you like under, you play the under seven and a half. If you like the over, you play the over the seven. The one quarter that looks the best here would be the fourth. Now, what, what, is, what, what, is the, what is the number in the fourth of, like, a 38 like this? It depends upon the point spread because if it's supposed to, if, if, if it's a big favorite, it gets, it's like 10 and it's a half. It's a half this game. Yeah, so it would be, I would think it would, should be, like, uh, one second, like 12, like, 12. So what's 12. out there, McKenzie? One second. Now, last thing I'll say is you make a great point, and you know this better than me by far. There's certain mechanical elements that the break point on some of these is just inherently going to be flawed, where they got to give an edge somewhere. Exactly. Or at least they don't care enough. Because I guess with the money line, you could always split it, but, you know, the right way. We're looking at, for a fourth quarter line total, 10.5, unders minus 125. So we'd be getting plus 105 going over 10.5. So oh, there's not there's not that much of a difference ten and a half versus twelve, well, but, plus but, but, but but with the fourth quarter, but, but with fourth quarters, you do have two point conversions and such. So eleven does land in the fourth. It never lands third quarter, first quarter. It does in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and yes. plus we get plus one hundred five. Right. A lot of it obviously becomes the luck of the draw. End of the third quarter, teams driving. Do they score end of the third quarter or yeah. start the fourth? There's a lot of luck involved with the quarter betting. So without regard to the point spread for a second, 28.6% usually scored in the fourth. So, Mackenzie, do this for me. Um, whoever has a calculator, 39—oh, uh, no, I guess the total here is 38. So if you go 38 times 28 point, or 0.286— You get 10.7. Okay, so we're actually, you know, in theory, getting a little bit of an edge. Now, the fact that this is a higher spread at six and a half means less scoring in the in the fourth. Nah, it's like an average spread. Six and a half is like kind of middling. Mm-hmm. So when, where when, where does it start to be an issue? When when the you size get to, of the I'd say nine. And then at that point, it's less scoring. Yes, because okay. because if, if once a team gets up double digits, then you're looking at a quieter fourth quarter. So, eleven points per game, eighteen and one, as clean as yeah. you can get. What do you think? Yeah, I liked it. All right, I've done Who knows, my part. Maybe you find an over ten minus a dollar thirty. Obviously, I'd like that better. So now, how much is ten worth there? I think probably forty-five cents. He is Steve Fezzik. You can follow him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. F e z z i k. If Scott says something as sharp as you, Fez, let him say his Twitter. Okay. But if not, no. Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S on air.com. Him and AJ are having a competition for like the hardest Twitter account. Oh, AJ went so easy. Yeah, but the possessive confuses people. Scott's on air. Yeah, I don't like that. It's not some, it's not possessive. It's it's oh, you're it's right. a contraction. Yeah, the contraction confuses. It's because I am on the air. Scott is on the air. Yeah, Scott's on. It's not like AJ is the real. That's insane. Yeah, Scott's on air. What's I, even more insane is he doesn't know it. He thinks it's he thinks it's okay, but you know what it is. I see confusing people. It should have just been. Don't like, even it should, know it should have just been AJ's real. It shouldn't be anything like that. <laughs> All right, they got a bunch. What do you got? You guys did like five games, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. You can, you know, who needs me? Listen up. Let's roll on to the next games. Uh, No best bets on these, but still interesting. Uh, Nonetheless, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite over the Seattle Seahawks, Fez. Yeah, so power ratings have these teams nine points apart. Two for home field gets me to 11 on Kansas City. 
but I got no interest in laying it with the Chiefs, despite maybe a slight amount of line value. Kansas City, three straight road games just concluded. Now they come home. So I've got to question the energy of Kansas City. And frankly, uh, I think Kansas City does an awesome job at pacing themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they. Um, so to, to get ready for the playoffs, you're saying? Yes. It seemed like the last three years. Remember in the movie Big when, like, they're basking? Slow down. You're making us all look bad. It's like Kansas City does not overexert themselves during the regular season. We've seen this before. Do just enough to win. And so because of that, oh, I'm sure they could cover if they wanted to. I have no interest in a team that's been away from Arrowhead for a month to try to get them to cover double digits. And Mahomes does perform better on the road than he does at home. On the road, Mahomes is 24-18-1 against the spread. At home, in Arrowhead, 21-23-1 ATS. Has a losing record against the spread at home. The Seahawks have lost five straight games against the spread. It's the first five-game ATS losing streak of Geno Smith's career. 47 career starts. This is the first time he's lost five straight games ATS. My Geno MVP is not going to cash? Your Geno Comeback Player of the Year is not going to cash. Uh-huh. So that's uh, that's what's going on with that. Here's an interesting stat. And, I, again, I don't know what to make of this. I just found it interesting. Teams the week after facing the 49ers this year. So the Seahawks are coming off the, the performance against the 49ers. Don't tell me. Okay. Tough physical 49er team beats, mm-hmm. beats me up. I should do badly. They all do poorly, yes. All right, well, that makes one, sense. One in 12 straight up, three, nine, and one against the spread in their next game. That is the worst record in the NFL for a prior opponent. Now, I always like this. I like. I, I don't like trends very much because I think, like, you trend enough things and you're going to find – you query a 1,000 random things, you're going to find a one on 1,000 yeah, sure. confidence interval that this has to be three st- st- statistically significant to four confidence intervals. Um However, this is one where I would have hypothesized if there's one team I don't want to play, one week I don't want to play, it's the week after I get beat up by that 49er defense. Yeah, it makes sense. It used to be used to be that way with the Steelers, used to be that way with the Ravens. Like any week you play after playing a physical game, you're going to your, your body's just beat up and you're not ready to play your next game. And in especially that game, a good team, a good, which I guess most physical teams are good, especially yes. a divisional game that you needed. It, it was an yeah. important game for them. Uh, 49ers ran the ball 34 times for 170 yards in that game against the Seahawks. A lot, and, of, a lot of tackling they had to do. And I've got no interest in Kansas City covering 10, but you know, there's some nine and halves out there. I certainly would be shocked to see Kansas City lose. So if you do see a nine and a half, I'm not going to advocate lying nine and a half, but I'd certainly seven point tease it down to minus two and a half. Never tease to minus three. That's a bing bong teaser. Mm. Don't play bing bong teasers. Well, some of us might still. <laughs> Dumbo like, teasers. Like nobody, I, I know I'm like expanding on my, I, I use Dumbo too often. So I've moved, <laughs> moved on. Bing bong. Um, basically, uh, there are no professionals out there that are playing teasers at minus three. They always pay the extra 10 cents to get to minus two and a half. It's fine to play a seven point teaser. But now real important, if you do play a seven point teaser, don't dumbo it and put it in with like the world's worst seven point teaser would be, oh, let's tease a minus six and a half to plus a half. 
because you're wasting that extra vig on that second leg. Find someone else that maybe like is plus one and you can take them up to plus eight. Use those seven points wisely. Make sure they're all helping you on the second aspect of your leg as well. This will be one of the uh, frigid games that we have this weekend on Saturday. The feels like temperature when you you know factor in the wind chill and all that stuff, minus six degrees in Kansas City. So this is going to be uh, a cold one. Look towards the total. Totals at 49. Maybe go under. Maybe look at the rushing props over for a guy like Isaiah Pacheco or um, even, you know, last week was a nice game uh, for McKinnon as hard well. Hard to tackle in the cold. Real there, hard to tackle. No one wants to tackle in the cold. So hey, maybe maybe that's why over is hit then. No one wants well, to tackle it's hard in the to cold. Th- it's hard yeah. to throw and it's hard to tackle. Yeah. So it, it, advantage Pacheco. Yes. Another game, this is going to be a common theme. It's been a common theme all podcast is the frigid temperatures. We have the Falcons at the Ravens with a real feel like temperature of seven degrees in Baltimore. And the spread, Fez, I think it's telling us that Lamar Jackson's playing, although Lamar still hasn't practiced. Yeah, and with my power rating with Lamar, I make this game 7.5 and the spread 7.25. So Vegas is emphatically saying Lamar Jackson is playing too much unknowns for me. I don't know how good Desmond Ritter is for Atlanta. I don't know how healthy Lamar Jackson is for Baltimore. I don't know how domed soft team in Atlanta is going to perform in the cold weather. I know it doesn't usually get this cold in Baltimore either, but that certainly has to be an advantage to Baltimore. But since... um. Uh, if if I knew Jackson was fully healthy, I'd say this is a great teaser, and I want to load up on it with all with as much uncertainty as there with with his health. I would just lukewarm recommendation on the teaser with Baltimore. So if we look at our you know margins, uh, you know the the four metric average here that we do pregame research, Atlanta's a minus two point five, Baltimore's a one. That's a three point five difference. We give the full three home field advantage because with the weather, I'm giving the full three. Mm-hmm. That's a 6.5 line, assuming a healthy Lamar Jackson. Yes, but it also assumes that you've got a weighted Mariota at quarterback, and clearly you've got a downgraded quarterback for Atlanta yeah. for Ritter. And so. as far as how Atlanta does against the rush, they are 28th in EPA against the rush this mm. season. So if you, and listen, Atlanta runs the ball. It's all they do as well. Baltimore against the rush, they are second in the NFL against the run. And that's the strength of this Atlanta team. They're certainly not going to be passing it with Desmond Ritter. So I got strength on strength here with the Baltimore run defense and Atlanta style of offense. But I have also strength for Baltimore, the number two EPA rushing offense in the NFL against weakness for Atlanta. Well, number you, talked 28 me, EPA. You, you talked me into the teaser. Fine. I'll, I'll go ahead and tease Baltimore. <laughs> That's the point I was trying to make. Let's go to a little warmer temperatures in LA SoFi stadium where it's like technically indoors, but it's all technically outdoors because they open up the windows and stuff. It's so indoors. It's a weird dynamic. It's indoors there. with the windows open. It's indoors with the windows open. Broncos, Rams, Rams, two and a half point favorites. We assume Baker Mayfield, that quarterback, uh, hasn't been any announcement otherwise, but there has been an announcement for the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett said Russell Wilson is back, and he will play this game. Broncos, two and a half point favorites on the road against this Rams squad. You know, what's interesting to me is I initially thought, wow, Denver is going to have a big home field advantage. I don't know if anyone cares. 
I don't know if this is going to be like the stadium's going to be half empty. What what what's your projection for number of seats empty in this? This game? is a uh, 1:30 p.m. local time kickoff on Christmas Day. I don't think it's going to be that big of a game. <laughs> I uh, I don't know about you, but I I got better things to do with, on Christmas Day than to go watch uh, Denver the Rams. Uh, I think it'd be a very quiet crowd. Um, you know, Denver quietly, you know, statistically, Denver's not bad. I keep thinking, I mean, I've got them rated lousy. I've got them three and a half points worse than an average team, which has them 26th. But like, just from a pure yards per play, they're actually positive. They gain five yards per play. They never score. They give up 4.9 and they have a solid defense. Um, and you got to wonder about, are the Rams just mailing it in at this point? Um, especially the Rams had to play Monday Night Football, so they've got the short week mm. on the holiday week on top of it, and they're the super defending Super Bowl champions. What do they care? I'll lean slightly, ever so slightly, to Denver. Broncos have lost four games this season in which they held fourth-quarter leads in, which is pretty amazing. Uh, their offense surprisingly productive over the past two weeks, 28 points in the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then last week with Brett Rippon at quarterback, 24 points they scored against the Arizona Cardinals. So maybe the offense picking things up. I know one week was without Russell Wilson, but it's, it's worth noting that this is the number one unluckiest team in the NFL, according to our fourth quarter win share uh, research here at pregame. And the offense is picking things up. Do we have who the, is it still the Vikings are the luckiest or the Giants in fourth quarter win share? We got that handy. Vikings number one, Giants number two. There you go. And and who's second to last? Second unluckiest, the Chicago Bears. Interesting. Mm. That could be why the RJ is not going to win his over four <laughs> that, on the Chicago Bears because they're they basically stopped winning any games. Yes. I just look at the Broncos. They failed to score 17 points in 10 of their games this season. But as I mentioned, the last two weeks, the offense has really picked things up. Maybe there's a a renewed focus on the run. Latavius Murray looked like a young Latavius Murray last week for Denver. So you look at the Rams, the way that they have played, you know, we have their rating all season, which is not really fair because they haven't looked this way as of late, but they are the number ninth. EPA defense against the rush. So if that's going to be the Broncos game plan, maybe the Rams are up to the task. This is a, this is just an ugly game. You know what? At 36 and a half, and if, if we get a low scoring first quarter, at some point I want to get a piece of over because like with the, with the entire league seemingly playing with, with snowflakes around them, here's the good weather game that's totaled below 37. You just can't have a good weather game with, with decent quarterbacks Below 37 in yeah. the NFL. Rams defensively, you know, maybe they got something going on. Raheem Morris trying to get his name back there in the uh, head coaching circles. Oh, good luck with that. Well, it's Can not I bet happen. the no? But yeah, it's not going to happen. Wait, why? He's already been a head coach. Great. I bet, I, I'll bet you even money he doesn't get a head coaching gig in the next five years. Done. Well, five years is a lot. That's right. All right. Dinner. This year, I would say no. Dinner, McKenzie. Cool. Done. Because I think there are other defensive coaches, or not just defensive coaches, there are other assistant coaches that are shooting up. I would bet that um, D'Amico Ryans gets a job before he does. Nobody wants to hire a well, defensive coach, Well, D'Amico Ryans right? 5000 to be a coach next year. So. Is, 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 is that really right. the case, McKenzie? No, that's my speculation. That's what you're, <laughs> I would make it higher than that. Isn't the, isn't the book that you've got to hire an offensive coach? 
Like that. That's, that's I don't know. Cause but there has to be one owner that hasn't read the book yet. Yeah, that's, that's what you're banking on. D'Amico Ryans will be a head coach next year. I think uh, Joe Anarumo or Lou Anarumo mm. from the Bengals will be in, uh, is going to be a head coach next year. So no there's a lot of promoted uh, to the level of incompetence. That's corporate <laughs> America. All right. So Broncos two and a half over the Rams. Let's go to Monday Night Football. The Chargers. At the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts announcing that Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback on Monday night in Indy. Matt Ryan, I I guess his season is done. Who knows? He's benched for the second time this year. This time it is for Nick Foles. Chargers, four and a half point favorites. Chargers coming off of a game where Justin Herbert didn't look great. He made a couple of incredible throws. Got his team into field goal range. I don't think there was ever a doubt that they were going to get into field goal range. But he didn't throw a touchdown pass for just the second time this season. Thanks. Lost me my fantasy matchup. Uh, But their defense played really well. And over the past couple of weeks, the defense has played really well, despite not being healthy. Yeah, these spare chargers defensively have been playing much better. That's been like the big surprise here on the chargers, who I now have ranked as my ninth best team in the NFL. It's amazing um, because I really thought that their defense was never going to come around and it's played, it, it, it's, it's played capably. And I still think Herbert's incredible. I just, he has no time to throw and he just keeps making plays. And now he's got his wide receivers back. This line went from three up to four and a half. I have no faith in Foles. I don't know. I think it is a good spot for Indianapolis. They've had, they'll have had nine days to stew though on the greatest collapse in NFL history. I if I had to bet this game, I would bet Indy. Here's uh, an interesting number on Justin Herbert in night games in his career. He's five and six straight up, but seven and four ATS in night games. As an underdog, Justin Herbert does very well. Eleven and six ATS. As a favorite, Herbert is 13, 15, and one against the spread. So a losing record ATS as a favorite for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, I go back to the, like with these trends. You flip a coin twenty eight times, sure. you get thirteen heads or thirteen tails. You know, it's not going to go fourteen and fourteen. I, I think I that, think it's meaningless. I think it's this is all about the Chargers who still have their eyes on the prize. Mackenzie, what's the five thirty eight number on the Chargers odds to make the postseason? Because after their win last week, you look at the AFC playoff picture now, and the Chargers are sitting here as as the number six seed. They're tied with the Dolphins, but they win the tiebreaker because of head-to-head. So the Chargers are number six. I got to imagine Chargers to make the playoffs is greater than 60% right now, McKenzie. 82%. Oh, it's even higher than that. Oh, wowza. 80. Wow. So this is a team that has their eyes set on the prize versus a Colts team that is just you know, Jeff Saturday wants his name in the mix for the head coaching job next year. Don't know that's going to happen, but they're, it's like they're throwing stuff to the wall and seeing what sticks. Now they're going to go with Nick Foles. On, just, a, on any given Saturday, anything can happen. <laughs> Too bad this is on a Monday. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I like the Chargers in this one. I'm not afraid of laying the points here. I, I just think the Colts, after losing the way they did last week, this season's done. Mm, it was already done, though. <laughs> Sunday night football, Christmas evening. So when you get it, what do you eat on Christmas evening? What do you have? You have a nice like roast or something? Ham. Get your ham. It used to be that we would cook like turkey. And then we evolved to the point where we'd go smaller. We'd only do a turkey breast Mm. or a ham. 
But, you know, it's gotten to the point, and we never discussed this. It's very difficult being a professional gambler and a professional sports better as your number one source of income the holidays because this is a very profitable time of the year, and you're so busy, and you always feel like you're behind, and you've got all these different sports going on. We're going out this Christmas Eve and this Christmas for dinner. Nice. So that's uh, – we're going to um, – Take a break from the kitchen because of that. <laughs> well deserved. Well, Sunday night, Christmas night, the Cardinals and the Bucks will wrap up uh, an exciting Christmas weekend of football. Tampa Bay, seven and a half point favorites over Arizona. Fez, you have this as your two weight. AJ has this as his one weight. Yeah, so I am on Arizona, and I should say, no, I'm not. I'm a, I'm anti-Tampa Bay. I, I get it. Tampa Bay played much better on the stats Just to be clear, you are betting on Trace McSorley against Tom Brady. I am. Okay. Just wanted to to make make that clear. Hey, Mr. Irrelevant just (laughs) kicked his ass. So it's 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 a okay. Um, Trace McSorley can't be that much worse than Purdy. Maybe he can be. The bottom line is I'll use you know, we sometimes we talk about like the rule of two, you know, we go in two points in each direction. So this spread is seven and a half. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, if you had just told me, Fez, McSorley is starting for Arizona, and what's the point spread in this game? And I, I said, well, let me look at my power rating, Scott. I have Arizona a god-awful six-and-a-half points below average rated in my power ratings. Congratulations to Arizona. That has you ranked 31st in the NFL, just barely ahead of Houston. And so it's hard for me to believe I've got them massively overrated given that. And if you compare them to Tampa Bay at minus a half, that's a six-point difference on a neutral. I don't know how much we're going to give Arizona for home field. They've been terrible at home. Even if I just give them one, that gets me to five, and this spreads seven and a half. This line is inflated because Tampa Bay is a division leader and desperately needs the game, and you got TB in primetime. But the spread's just too high. I understand Arizona's a dead team walking, and sometimes the hardest bets to make are some of the better bets I got my two weight on Arizona plus seven and a half. You mentioned TB in primetime. Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Bucks playing at night, two and twelve against the spread. Interesting. Two and twelve ATS. Although the Cardinals are the thirtieth in DVOA this season, according to Football Outsiders, they are the third worst team, only ahead of the Texans and the Colts. Look ahead line here was Tampa Bay minus three. And that was already knowing that Kyler Murray wasn't at quarterback. So going from Colt McCoy to Trace McSorley. Four and a half points? Is that too much? It certainly feels like it doesn't. I would say like a two-point downgrade to go from McCoy, maybe two and a half to McSurley. Past that point, I just can't justify it. Yeah, pregame metrics of Arizona, the fourth worst in the NFL. So just by comparison with those stats. So uh, Tom Brady, bad ATS at night in his career and at night with the Tampa Bay Bucks, especially. But this line north of a touchdown, little bit too rich for my blood. And A.J. Hoffman is on this game as well, right? It's his one weight, yes. I'm back. Fez, I was I was halfway home thinking about dinner, and I thought, holy cow, we forgot to do the clothes. I'm back. Hit it. There is a bronchitis bug going around. Take it low, though. Hey, let me tell you a quick story. 1995, Robert Zimmerman, a.k.a. Bob Dylan, Nobel laureate, was playing... In Prague, it's called the Prague Miracle is what they call it. He had, Dylan's probably missed five shows in 20 years where he canceled. It doesn't matter how sick he is, he plays the show because it's a lot of money, right? To bring that crew around. All right. 
He was so sick, he actually called two shows, they canceled two shows in 95. Finally, they were going to keep all the nights, they just moved them. He comes out the first night he could play, he couldn't hold a guitar. He sat on a stool and sang with, a, with a, just a mic in his hand. And he never does that. He always has a guitar, something, a piano. And he sang like, like so low, like he was whispering. But like nothing you've ever heard before. But it's like this miracle because it's like he, this guy's been touring for what, mm-hmm. 60 years. And the only time he ever sang like that was like, and he did the next night a little bit. And it's like, that's it. It's just one little slice in time, the Prague miracle. You can do that with, not quite, you're not going to win the Nobel, but you can do that with your out. Hey, <laughs> let's be careful out there. Now, that did not make me feel encouraged. If I get killed, I'm going to blame him on the street. Talk to you next week, guys. <laughs> Thank you.